We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey, cheaters. Welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm great, Josh. Welcome to Tinker Season. Uh, yeah, I've, my prediction was that this week would be the week that interest in Fantasy Premier League explodes. So, you know, I don't know what that means exactly. Maybe we just mm-hmm. get a few more retweets. Um, <laughs> but I think you, you were looking at the number of managers who have joined the FPL game so far, which you can see if you go to your FPL team page, upper right corner, and mm-hmm. we're just under 2 million. And you'd expect that number by the end of the season to be around 8 million managers. So I predict this is the week where that number is just going to start ticking up, up, up. Yeah, I think that's right. I, I just feel like it's you know, it's hard to like totally gauge this stuff. I mean, other than how many people actually join the league. But I just I feel like... I like leagues are, you know, like, like, like many people who've been doing the game for a long time. Like I'm in like a bunch of various leagues that are started by various people. And I, I feel like the emails are starting to roll out this week. Like, all right, Hey, like we're kicking, you know, we're starting things back up. I mean, only psychos like us and a handful of other people actually start doing fantasy yeah. stuff in June. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Most people sanely are like, Hey, let me wait till like the season's a month out before I start <laughs> yeah. um, doing serious planning. So yeah, I, I think you're right. I think we're at, um, I think we'll be around 3 million managers by the end of next week. That'd be my guess. And uh, I think we'll start the season around 5 million, maybe higher. I mean, we'll see. Um, So, yeah, I think it's, it's fun. It's, you know, it's, it's obviously um, we wanted to, you know, you want to get out, I guess this is now our fourth or fifth podcast that we've done since the season launched. But, you know, for us, part of it, it's like getting into mid season form. Like I feel like it's like, it's like preseason for us where this is now the third podcast you and I have done this week. Uh, cause we did, um, the, the team previous part one, and then we did our Patreon pod and then, and then this one. And so I think you and I need it too. like, you know, we need to get that, like those reps in, you know, we do. it's like, it's like working out, you know, you <laughs> match gotta, like, fitness. Joshua. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we did a podcast earlier this week. We, we predicted the premier league table from 20 to 11, got fair amount of flack for that, I would say, uh, you know, the Southampton one, we got a little hit on that one. The Burnley <laughs> one, people didn't care quite so much. <laughs> yeah. I think it was, it was, it, it was more, I think West Ham not being in the top 10, that one we got hit for a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, and Villa, we got hit for a little bit, although I tried to have the caveat with Villa that, you know, this is predicated on Grealish leaving. If Grealish yeah. stays, I, I do think they're a top half of the table team for sure. Um, and especially after, uh, this week where, you know, is the the Buendia to Watkins goal that broke the, the fantasy internet. I felt like it was such a there's a, a beautiful if you haven't seen it yet, uh there was a friendly that uh Villa and I don't know, somebody else uh played this week. And uh there were two goals in the match. Uh both goals were scored by Watkins, both goals were assisted by Buendia, and the second assist in particular was a very 
heavily like a just like a perfect weighted perfectly weighted ball cut through like four defenders sure maybe a premier league team cuts that thing out but it was a really beautiful pass yeah um and everyone was like wait a minute boy is only 6.5 million watch yeah. like 7.5 million it looks like they're linking up brilliantly uh you know what are we going to do do we have to fake this guy in and so i think that was really um i mean it turned my head a little bit too because i i'm still with Boindia in that kind of mindset of like all right well you know, it's like it's like I can't quite get the Norwich season out of my head yet with him. You know, right. it's like I have to like kind of scrub that, even though I know he was brilliant last year in the championship. Yeah, yeah, I think it's it, it's exactly right. The price tag for Buendia and then combined with Watkins is what draws the FPL interest. And you can talk about where these teams land in the table and the caliber of the players, but we're always going to need players from Villa at the price point, the 6.5 Buendia price point to fill out our fantasy squad. So that's why we do pay attention in the preseason to um, how these players are getting on, and especially Buendia, where we just didn't see enough of him when Norwich were last in the Premier League with him. So it's just great to see that he actually will possibly be the star for Villa that that fantasy managers want him to be. It's not like this isn't like a pretty familiar path, right? Like a player does well for a team at a lower kind of rung of of talent, right? And then goes to a better team and suddenly they look... I mean, look at Jota last year when he went to Liverpool. You know, suddenly it was like, right. oh, right, like Jota's really good. You know, or, and, and uh, not yeah. that anyone didn't rate him before, but it was like they just didn't know quite how to rate him, you know, like, yeah. how, like how well to rate him. Maybe even the the easier corollary is James Madison, who actually played for Norwich, a similar role that Buendia plays, uh, and then he came up to Leicester. And, you know, Madison has not really become the standout fantasy asset that po- he possibly could. But, yeah, I agree. Like, we, we see this, this story season in, season out. So Buendia could be the guy this time. Yeah, and we're going to talk about Madison uh, a fair amount later on. So we'll, we'll not a fair amount. No, it's, it's, it's probably enough. about two minutes to be. Yeah, to be honest, yeah, enough. Uh, but um, the you know before we, I mean, the big news um, that's dropped um, this week, I suppose, would be the Jaden Sancho. The signing is officially official, and he got his price in uh, the Premier League in, in the fantasy game. He comes in at nine point five million. Mm-hmm. Which many predicted, I thought they might go a little higher than that. I mean, nine point five million is like you've got to take that seriously, right? Yeah. I mean, he's 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 two seasons removed from a seventeen goal, seventeen assist performance. Like he is a really good player. Yeah, I think you were wondering is the fantasy game going to give him the England bump? Sometimes these players who uh, England fans will know better, like Wayne Rooney, was always the victim of this, where he was probably always point five. I mean, in in the twilight of his career, um, was probably mm-hmm. always 0.5 or 1 million more than he ever should be. So yeah. I'm, I'm with you. The 9.5 price tag on Sancho is basically a challenge to Sancho. Like, hey, are you going to provide value for managers or are you going to provide a week in, week out dilemma a la uh, Kai Havertz? Like that that nine that that price range is where you are with a lot of uh, uh, Chelsea attackers, too. And. Um, you know, they they you really have to be able to prove yourself consistent at that price. And if you do, suddenly you become super yeah. valuable to fantasy managers. Yeah, I mean, I, I, nine point five million to me used to be the um, the Kevin De Bruyne price. Like every year, it was Kevin De Bruyne and uh, David Silva. They used to always come in right in that range. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, KDB exploded a couple of years ago, and his prices 
jumped up accordingly. But um, yeah, it was like, and that, that is the range where it's like a, you can find incredible value or you can sort of be trapped by that price and sort of spend the whole season wondering if you could get the same, the same return for someone who's 2 million cheaper. Uh, so yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about him, uh, you know, to go uh, spoiler alert. We do have Man United in our top 10 overall. So I don't know if I'm <laughs> well, giving too much away wild. there. We, we did uh, <laughs> 20 through 11 last week. And then this pod we're doing 10th place to first place and Manchester United didn't appear in either episode. <laughs> yeah, mm, exactly. That would be a twist we're in the tail. Yeah, yeah. We're doing a 24 team, uh, championship style, uh, rundown here. <laughs> Um, so yeah, and then there, there is some Kane news, but I, I find it to be, um, slightly unreliable Kane news. So my feeling with Kane right now is kind of how I felt about the messy stuff last summer, which Mm -hmm. is until it actually shows up on the website, I'm not totally going (laughs) to buy that it's happening. Yeah, we need Kane holding a scarf of some kind in order for <laughs> exactly. us to be believers. Listen, it can be a half and half scarf. I don't care. Okay, let's. I just want to see a scarf <laughs> in be, his hands. I, I, I assume you could write a contract however you want it. Could you write a contract where he plays, you know, every other match for Spurs and and then the others for Manchester City? <laughs> that's like that's like the guy who's too good in the pickup game who plays for who plays yeah. for one team for the first half and then switches to the losing team in the second half. <laughs> yeah, yeah, how it seems yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we just obviously we, you know, this is kind of part two in some ways of the pod that we just did. If you if you haven't listened to part 20 through 11, uh, go back and, and you know, and check it out. Um, we uh, you thank you everyone for the, for the feedback on that. We got a really great response on that pod. So thank you for that. Um, just a couple of quick notes. A reminder that the uh, we have a 1000 pound giveaway this year for the winner of the Always Cheating Super League. We never had a we never had a 10 pound giveaway brandon let alone mm-hmm. let alone a 1000 pounds so it's a pretty big jump from zero to 1000 yeah um and uh, that's courtesy of our friends at fantasy football hub uh so you can register on their site as a free or paying member if you want to get a discount you can go to fantasyfootballhub.co.uk slash always uh and then you seem to join our league as well uh and that's two bnf for you that's our league code. You can just go to alwaystreeting.com and, and just there's an auto join link that you can click on there as well. Uh, one more reminder, if you're in Vegas, want to be in Vegas, anywhere near Vegas, on that, that's Las Vegas, Brendan. Sorry, I cut off the, the in case you didn't know what I was talking sure. about. Yeah, you're yeah. talking to all of our listeners uh, in and outside of Reno, Nevada. Uh, come find us in Las Vegas. <laughs> if you're anywhere near, come uh, August 20th through 22nd. We'll be there at the Wynn Casino in Las Vegas. I guess it's the Wynn Hotel Resort and Casino. Uh, uh, and you, if you want to learn any more, you can go to footballfest2021.com. Uh, that is for game week two of the season. Uh, and uh, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to it. You know, Ted Knudsen from StatsBomb is going to be there too, Brandon. I, you know, I'm a longtime fan of of the StatsBomb folks. So I'm uh, right. very excited to, to get a chance to meet him at this thing. So if you want to come out, you can meet him too. So that's uh, footballfest2021.com. Brandon, do you want to do a quick shout out for the Patreon as well? Yeah, so Josh and I present the Always Cheating Podcast every week to you on this feed. If you like what we do and want to say thank you, a great way to do that is to support us on our Patreon page, patreon.com slash alwayscheating, and you get lots of FPL content in return. You're getting an extra Always Cheating Podcast that's ad-free each week. You also get access to the Dean's List. Josh, this is a new feature for this season. Each month, we'll have a manager of the month, the top scorer in our Patreon league will be added to the Lucas Dean's list, and you get a custom brand new Always Cheating t-shirt for being on that list. Our Week in Review newsletter, courtesy of Mini League Mate, comes your way after each game week. Everyone at the Volkswagen and producer tier 
Go check out all the tiers that are available very at various prices at patreon.com slash always cheating. But if you're at that Volkswagen or producer tier, you also get a free make fantasy fun again t-shirt. And a thanks this week to our new patrons. Keep them coming. But a special smile and back pat to our new friends at the Volkswagen level. It's Ivan Torgensen at the Lord Sorloth level. Alex Crudlin. Cameron, John Lucas, Stephen Campbell, Bronwyn McDonald, Shane Byrne, Graham Lushkik, Lushkik, yep, pronunciation. We're not going to have that conversation again, Josh. And also a thanks to uh, Jarl Dahlstrom. Uh, again, patreon.com slash always cheating. Thanks to everyone for listening and supporting the pod. Yeah, Brian, just uh, one quick note. We've actually done two Patreon exclusive pods already this season, and I think they've come out great. Okay, that's not very humble of me to say, but I think they come out <laughs> very well. So yeah. uh, you can go and listen to those two bonus episodes right now. Uh, Patreon.com slash I was cheating. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to continue the project that we started uh, a few days ago, which is to predict the Premier League table and talk about the FPL, the fantasy assets on teams 10 through one. We'll take a break. And we'll get to our predictions. All right, we're back predicting the Premier League table. Teams 10 all the way to the Premier League champion, as guaranteed by always cheating. We start things off with team number 10. Brandon, introduce us to the number 10 team. Number 10 is Everton. And I view us putting Everton in 10th place, Josh, as a challenge to Rafa Benitez. Because I think if you looked at Everton under Ancelotti last season, 10th place would have probably been a failing, given how hot they were at the start of the season. And like it, it, it just feels like Everton have fallen down a few pegs since then. You know, they lose Ancelotti, even though Rafa Benitez is a high caliber manager. There's going to be a struggle there with the the supporters because he's former Liverpool. Um, also, I think James Rodriguez he he could struggle to be fundamental to the attack if you know he wants away. He wants to follow Ancelotti, who's like his his dad. Um, and Rafa's main focus tends to be at the clubs he's at as defensive. So I feel like I've done a turnaround with Everton this season as I was last season solely focused on DCL, Richarlison, is James Rodriguez fit or not, to now, hmm, Michael Keane. He might be the fantasy asset we're looking for. Uh, so, um, wow. yeah, like, can you, can, you, can you talk yourself into Michael Keane? Michael Keane, I'm less excited about, although I don't know, maybe I should, maybe I should be more excited about the Jordan Pickford is the one who I'm actually like a little, I, my head is a little turned on the Pickford thing because I could yeah. see, I could see a way where you could, you really could have him as your set and forget keeper for the first 11 weeks of the season. Yeah. Um, they have a really um, kind of stacked second half of the first half of the season. I know myself that Brennan, I know I'm going to be wild guarding early. So, yeah. uh, I mean, I don't want to, but if, if you just had him for the first six weeks of the season, you'd get Southampton at home, Burnley at home, Norwich at home, Villa away, Brighton away, Leeds away. I mean, those are, it's a really solid run. I mean, Leeds away, maybe that's a trickier one, but, um, you know, I don't know. I mean, Pickford had kind of a, his, did the, did the euros redeem his reputation? He had kind of a tough year. Oh, definitely, definitely redeem them. And it's, it's just, it's, it's not even just the, the heroic pen saves that Pickford was making in that Euro cup final. He was making actual saves, smart plays on the pitch, more or less, more than he has a reputation for. So yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of support for Pickford amongst FPL managers. And, and yeah, I, I think just looking at those opening fixtures again for Everton, 
they could be misleading again from an attacking point of view where I think Leeds in game week two, followed by Brighton, Burnley and Aston Villa, all four of those clubs probably are going to have um, stout defenses that roll from last season into this season. So I, I feel like I'm starting to back away from Calvert-Lewin right now. And the new signings that were announced this week for Everton, relatively underwhelming. Damari Gray, who Premier League fans will remember from Leicester, he spent last season on loan to Bayer Leverkusen, where he made 10 appearances and scored one goal, basically what he would have done if he stayed at Leicester. So Damari Gray comes into Everton priced at 5.5, as does Andros Townsend at that price point. Scored one goal and five assists for Crystal Palace last season. Aged 30 years old, Josh. I feel like we we touched upon a lot of 30-year-old players on our uh, 20 through 11 podcast. And the 30-year-olds are, are still are still in the resurgence. <laughs> yep. And, and the final signing that was announced this week for Everton was FPL manager Asmir Begovic, priced at 4.0. We probably won't talk about him at all beyond what I, I just said. Interesting rumor mill around Everton that might be more exciting than those names I just read off. Koulibaly from Napoli if uh, to uh, pair maybe with Keane in the center of defense. Coutinho, he's going to probably be linked to a ton of clubs around Europe in the next few weeks. But I did that. What that says to me is Rodriguez is probably trying to figure out how to, or Hamas, I should call him, get out of this club. And if they bring Coutinho yeah. in, that's 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 pretty interesting. And I Denzel, think there's like no chance that Hamas actually is on the game week one squad, or maybe game week one. But I think the deadline is two weeks after game week one, so. I don't think I think there's no chances on the game week three squad. I'll say yeah, that much. Yeah, I think anyone who was following the heroes, one of the emerging stars, a, is a strong way to to put it. But Denzel Dumfries, who plays uh, right back for the Netherlands, also linked to Everton here. So uh, look out, uh, Coleman, we're coming for you. I so in terms of just thinking about which players I'm interested in for this season, I thought it was helpful to look at where Everton assets ranked last season. And the top points getter in FPL for Everton was, of course, Calvert Lewin with 165 points. A great season with 16 goals and six assists. Um, but then in the second highest point getter was Keane. And Keane is priced at 5.0, same as Pickford, your boy. Josh mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and, and Keen is 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 as interesting, if not perhaps more interesting than Pickford because of his set piece threat. Lest you forget, Keen scored three goals and had one assist last season, 13 bonus points and 11 clean sheets. So uh, Keen is definitely on my watch list here. Richarlison is playing for Brazil in the Olympics. I think he's got to be off the table as far as your game week one squads yeah. go because he'll be due for a vacation and a rest right as the Premier League season is is wrapping up. And then the, the last player that we really need to talk about is Lucas Dean, who gets the attacking wingback bump of the 5.5 price tag. Yeah. Nine assists for Dean last season. He had a, a couple of uh, run-ins with injury, but on the whole had a pretty complete season. Nine assists, nine clean sheets, 18 bonus points. So uh, as we touch upon Arsenal later in the podcast, this is going to be a competitive marketplace for the uh, who's going to be my sort of mid-priced attacking fullback of choice in my fantasy squad. Is it going to be Tierney? Yeah. Is it going to be Dean? Right now, I'm leaning toward Keen, getting a 
price discount on Keen over Dean if I want to uh, get into the Everton defense. I do worry that we've cursed Dean as well. You know, the the always cheating. Anytime we name something like a Patreon tier for somebody, it's kind of the kiss of death. Uh, you know, we have the uh, the Lord Sorloth, Alexander Sorloth tier. Uh, he's gone. You're right. He's may, maybe he'll return someday. We'll see. He's he's been he's been lighting it up uh, in 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 various uh, European leagues. Uh, yeah. Sam Vokes, I think he retired. I don't even know what's happening with him anymore. <laughs> Pookie did come back. So that that's a good sign. Yeah. Pookie returned. Sometimes uh, they come back. Mm-hmm, uh, one mm-hmm. one last note to hit on Everton, Josh, before we move on to our ninth place team, and that's uh, I, and I want to end here on a note of optimism for Everton. I've been trying to big up Rafa for his defensive prowess, but who was the standout player for Rafa's Newcastle? The player that when Rafa went to China to manage, that he knew he had to bring with him. I don't know. Who is that? Solomon Rondon, who uh-huh. suddenly became uh, a just a, a giant of attack for, for Newcastle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, it's not like DCL really needs to uh, come out of the shadows or anything like that. But I'm curious to see if if Rafa can bring the Rondon out of Calvert-Lewin this season. Let's see. Yeah, that eight million price tag is a little tough just because there are so many good seven point five million forwards uh, going into the season. I, I feel like he's like a player I would consider. And then I'm just going to end up talking myself out of it because I will want to spread that money around possibly to bring in his keeper, uh, Jordan Pickford. But let's see, but it's, you know, it's a really good start. I mean, it's uh, I'm kind of with you. I, I'm, I'm, a li- I'm, if I consider anyone in Everton to start the season, um, it would be in the defense. And I, I think without, without Richarlison, without most likely Gilfie Sigurdsson, without James and, very likely, I think as well. Um, it, it may isolate DCL a little bit up front, and I think that that might really hurt him. So, um, yeah. So I, I think uh, maybe that maybe that actually helps Dean a little bit, though. I mean, five point five million is not a crazy price for him, so maybe he has to. He's tasked with doing a little more, you know, from mm-hmm. attacking. Maybe he even plays as a, as a left wing. I mean, I actually don't think that would be a crazy thing to do. Um, although I haven't heard that rumored yet, but I, I think that um, it would kind of. There's like a logic to it, especially until Richarlison returns, right? Oh yeah, if they if they bring in a player like Kolabali, they could definitely play with three center backs and push Dean farther up. So I, I think that's that's an interesting idea. All right, let's move on to the number nine team in our prediction. This is a this is a lofty spot here, and. I, as I as I thought more about their attack, I I started to get a little worried. But I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it because I like their defense and I like their manager. So Graham Potter's Brighton comes in at ninth place, Brandon, in our All predicted right. Premier League goals. table. Yeah, go Gulls. Uh, worst burger I've ever had was at the Amex Stadium, but that's yeah. neither here nor there. <laughs> I mean, my my memory of us visiting the Amex uh, with the traveling West Ham fans from London was just uh, how badly we needed to urinate by the time oh, we actually got from the train station to the Amex. I don't know. What we, were, we, had, we had three beers on the one-hour train ride down there, and decided that we would just queue up for two hours to get to the stadium without going to the bathroom on the train. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Shout shout out to Nick Wright who provided us with, with those (laughs) beers on the trains. That's true. Producer Nick. Um, so they have a terrific start. Uh, I, a a defensive double up is absolutely an option. If you hop on to any of the kind of fantasy, your fantasy community of choice, right? FPL, Reddit, Twitter, uh, our Slack, et cetera. You hear people talking about Brighton defenders. Uh, there's, you know, there's a lot of talk about Lamptey. I'm not as enthusiastic about Lamptey as some people are. Um, for one thing, I actually worry about 
what if he plays a lot, uh, how that would affect their defense? Because I, I, he was not an especially solid defender. I mean, the, the defense really kicked it up the second half of the season when, when he had Joel Veltman basically take over that, that um, right wing back role. Yeah. Uh, from from Lamptey. And so, um, you know, I think that I but I, I'm not even sure. I mean, Lamptey missed an entire season effectively. I'm not sure that he's just slotted right back into that squad. Uh, the the concern, with. the concern I would have with Lamptey is, yeah, I, I thought when he was on the pitch for Brighton, he looked sensational going forward. But it was like he played so hard. He ran so yeah. fast that his body couldn't help but get injured every time yeah. he started for Brighton. And for a player that's as young as he is to already be you know, just just that that fragile, I'm worried for his yeah. long term prospects. I'm not a sure. I'm not a very tall man myself, Brandon, but uh-huh. uh, he's like three foot nine, and that does worry me sometimes. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, the, I don't know. So we'll we'll, we'll see. But I, to me, he's got 58th minute substitution written all over him. You know, yeah. and that's that's I never. This is like a good rule. If this is not one of our 31 tips, Brandon, but never pick a player who is likely to be subbed in the 58th minute. I think it's just a good a good rule of thumb. So. Uh, who is worth considering, though? Um, we, we said they, they, have a, they have a very good start of the season, um, a lot of good fixtures. Really, Their first eight fixtures are all pretty solid. I mean, their two toughest fixtures, I guess, would be Everton at home and Leicester at home. Uh, and again, those are both home fixtures. Um, everything else is is really pretty um, pretty manageable. So uh, their defense is quite strong last season. Anybody who played fantasy last year knows that uh, you really could have doubled up on their defense down the stretch, and that would have been hugely fruitful. I, I had uh, Veltman uh, down the stretch, and that it was very helpful. I actually moved from Veltman to Webster. I was like jumping around, picking different Brighton defenders. I don't know what was going on with my squad near the, down the stretch, Brandon. <laughs> but um, so I think you know a couple things to note though uh, transfer wise is boringly excellent defender Ben White is gone I, maybe it's not fair to call him boring but I feel like I've never heard him say a word he's like and even even his style of play is very I'm actually I'm thrilled that Arsenal are going to sign him because uh, I guess it's not officially official but it looks like it, everything's done and dusted um you know he is like he's just super solid like just like a quietly excellent center back which is every team needs i think what's interesting about ben white is how weirdly tan he is all of the time for a yeah. for a for a toe-headed british man Very so t- yeah uh, toned <laughs> complexion yeah it is a little strange isn't it yeah and uh he he has a bunch of tattoos too which he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would have tattoos i don't know i need to like dive into Ben White's personality a little more now that he's what is personal. Ben White all what, about? What, yeah, I steeple my fingers. What is a Ben White? <laughs> um, so Nat Phillips, uh, who uh, Liverpool uh, Liverpool center back, is heavily rumored um, as a possible replacement for Ben White. So keep your eye out for that. I thought Nat Phillips really looked very very well. He played well enough in the stretch. I'm actually a little surprised Liverpool are looking to move him on. Uh, I agree. Maybe looking for some funds yeah it's um, like so, it's like chaos yeah. in, in the central defense for liverpool whenever they have an injury so you'd think they'd want to hang on to any yeah. reliable backup if they could totally have like eight center backs like why not you know <laughs> so um nat phillips though is, is rumors replacement he's only 4.5 billion so if he joins there i think he's a great option mm-hmm. uh, for for the uh the brighton defense um, the rest of the defenders, you know, you have, um, Sanchez who is uh 4.5 million, uh, 10 clean sheets and eight bonus points after taking over for Matt Ryan at mid season. Sanchez is a extremely popular, uh, defender pick. I, I, I don't have the stat pulled up here, but I, I think he's one of the most popular, um, goalkeepers right now. If you just, if you just short by, start by ownership percentage. Uh, and I, I think it's very, um, yeah, he's the second most owned player at 26%. Uh, Wow. 
Emmy Martinez has 40% ownership uh, in the goal. That is way too high. That is like an auto pick thing. That's, that's he's, crazy. He's quite good, Josh. He's just, as we discussed last week, just too expensive, Martinez is. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I mean, if you're going to spend that much money, you might as well just get like a I mean, yeah. top six keeper. You know, it's, I don't know. Sanchez to me suffers from the Jared Bowen syndrome of just, I, I he's just not cool enough. I look at Sanchez <laughs> and I'm like, mm, uncool, deeply uncool. I'm not sure you're ready for my, my primetime FPL team. Is it the Van Dyke? Is that what you don't like? The yeah. Van Dyke what or is up with the beard? You know, you just gotta, <laughs> it, yeah, don't care for it. Not, not into that sculpting. I talked about Lamptey a little bit already. I'm, I, he, you know, his price is great, but I'm, I'm planning to avoid him personally. Uh, uh, you have a couple other, you have Veltman and Webster. They're both tempting at 4.5 million. Uh, Veltman would be, you know, we just have to kind of see how things shake out a little bit because Veltman, if you're picking between the two, would be the slightly more tempting option if he's playing in the right wingback role. But now he may either go into a center back position if they play, you know, three at the back, which I'd expect them to, um, or, um, or he could even be on the outs, honestly. Um, if Lamptey takes over that spot. So Webster may be a little more tempting. Um, you have Dan Byrne as well, but Byrne isn't in that kind of same spot where Byrne actually bizarrely plays as a left wing back sometimes. Like he's like the world's yeah. tallest left wing back. There's no so, way Byrne yeah. gets as many minutes this season. I don't like Byrne had his moments of triumph last season, but he had more moments of just absolute humiliation. So I, yeah, I if, if you've got a whole <laughs> summer window and you're Graham Potter, you're, you're solving that Dan Byrne problem. Yeah. And so I really, I mean, in some ways you want to, I, I feel like I want someone from Brighton to start the season from their defense. And I, I, I think almost by default, I may end up going, um, with Sanchez just because I, I am a little aware of everybody else. And you have Dunk, who's the most nailed on, uh, but the most expensive at 5 million. And I just, I just know how it goes when you start to squeeze everybody into your squad, right? You start looking at all these different players and you're like, you know, if I could just go from, a five, you know, like a Brighton defender is not necessarily want to spend that extra 0.5 million. You know, that's the difference between getting whatever, another premium forward or something like that. I'm going to end up almost always opting for the premium forward. So. Let me ask you this, Josh. So, um, the, I, I think I agree with you on that Brighton defender slash goalkeeper buy-in only at the 4.5 price tag. If you find out just prior to game week one, that it looks like Veltman is sure to be in the starting 11 on a regular basis, would you def- would you proactively bring Veltman in to get Sanchez out or would you be happy just holding Sanchez? I I would actually consider having both. Mm-hmm. I really think that a Brighton double up to start the season is a is a reasonable option. I think I mean Burnley away, Watford home, Everton at home, Brentford away are their first four fixtures. I mean I could very easily see them getting two clean sheets in those, in those first four. I mean, yeah, the question is whether I, I would even start Veltman if I had him, but uh, you know, I think, again, I think they have a really nice run to start the season. So um, even if it's just defensive cover, you know, as a fourth sure. defender, I think I, I like him there. Like someone like Veltman versus Ailing, I think is an interesting question. Mm, mm, who would win yeah. in a knife fight? That's what I want to <laughs> yeah, know. I got to go. Yeah. Ailing, I think. All right. So midfielders and forwards, not a lot to talk about here. Uh, there's a lot of rumors about possible transfers, players who might come in. It seems like they need more. Um, and one of the reasons we have them as high is honestly just because they're so they're you know they're they are so settled at the back. That could change if Basuma moves. Um, you know, he, right now he's the decent, reliable, shot friendly, four point five million option. I mean, you know, he only picked up a one goal and a zero assist last season, so the stats aren't great. But he he does love a mm-hmm. shot outside the a little like Ruben Neves light. Yeah, and that's fun. I mean, I I think Basuma. I feel like in recent 
episodes, Josh, you've been a little downbeat on Basuma, but I think just from an FPL manager point of view, he is a fun, cheap fifth midfielder because he is he is late in the game going to take take those ill-advised shots. And, yeah. uh, you know, you, it causes you to hold your breath from time to time, which is fun. The other midfielder to talk about briefly is uh, Trossard, who um, I think I think you and I both rate him as a player pretty highly. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, he, you know, the problem is he remains what I have my notes here say that he is perpetually overpriced. Mm-hmm. Like every every year, he's just a little more expensive than he should be. Um, five goals, six assists in 2020, 2021. Five goals and five assists the season before that. That to me is not a six point five million player. That's a six million player, maybe a maybe even a five point five million player. I mean, I, I don't know how you price him at the same price as. Um, as uh oh my goodness what the, the leads uh, as Rafinha, Rafinha right, right. It, yeah <laughs> just feels a little weird yeah enough. it's an odd situation with Brighton where I feel like they are justifiably uh, as we've placed them here in ninth place gonna try to scrap their way into the top half of the table at the same time they just have no truly compelling attacking assets like god I yep. I really miss Glenn Murray right now looking at these Brighton attacking yeah. assets. <laughs> um, yeah. The, Cause the forwards you've got uh, Mape, Neil Mape is a classic clown show player, right? Like mm-hmm. it's like, you just get all the highs and lows with him. He'll, he'll score a brace one week and then he'll miss a pen and get a red card the next. And you know, but he is a pretty good player. It's like, he's the kind of guy who like, if you just said like, which rando player is going to score 16 goals this year, yeah. I would happily say Neil Mape. Like, sure he could. Like, of course he could, you know, but he just, uh, he just fools around a little too much. I, I know. Like we, we, not, we all work you know. with somebody like this where you, you see the good in them, you see the talent, but if they were, would just apply themselves and yeah. <laughs> Mape is a, is a classic project for Graham Potter. Yeah, eight goals, but he had almost a twelve xG last season combined xG in the season. So he really, you know, could have could have done even better, uh, you know, with 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 some better finishing. And I, I think he may have missed a couple pens too. So anyway, and then you've got Wellback, who you know is available if you want to live dangerously. Six goals and four assists last season. That's all we need to say about Brighton, Brandon. Let's move on to our number eight team. Number eight is Arsenal, and I think this is going to be an interesting and telling season for Arsenal fans with Mikel Arteta. And I started by pulling the first five fixtures for Arsenal. And of course, they have the very first kickoff of the Premier League season away to Brentford. Then it's Chelsea, Manchester City. And then uh, my, my ears perked up or my eyeballs. I don't know. Uh, when I see Norwich and Burnley, which caused me, Josh, to just open up the fixture ticker and look at like the first 12 fixtures. And Arsenal are going to be either like the greatest trap team to start the season or they could be pretty decent value. Because apart from that, Chelsea and City fixtures, those those fixtures in game weeks two and three, you've got Norwich, Burnley, the North London Derby, Brighton Palace, Aston Villa, Leicester, Watford. And... Yeah, you can you can quibble about the caliber of defenses here and there, but I do think as far as fixture runs go, there's a lot of opportunity to pull in some Arsenal points. So I'm feeling I'm feeling weirdly optimistic about Arsenal. I'm also feeling optimistic about Arteta. Like Josh, as an Arsenal supporter, I know that you're you're pro the Arteta project, and you know he had his ups and downs last season, but I feel like you can see his intent. And there does seem to be at least some structure that was greatly needed in that club. So, I mean, you, yeah. 
you feel confident about this eighth place finish where that's like if you're an Arsenal supporter, yeah. that's would be too low for your liking. But totally. <laughs> It is low, but it seems realistic, honestly. I mean, especially once you get to the teams above them. I mean, it's just it's hard to slot them too much higher. I mean, I guess like we could have them in like sixth or something like that. But eighth, eighth feels realistic. And yeah, I do like Arteta. I mean, the, the the big challenge this year is you know he kind of did what what needed to be done, which is that he reorganized things. I mean, they're much more defensively solid. They, they, their defense was was just kind of a joke for a while. And, and I don't really think that's the case at all anymore. And so, um, and he's even mixed and matched, I think pretty well and resurrected Rob holding, you know, as an arsenal player and, yeah. uh, you know, done, done some good things. The signings this summer have me pretty optimistic as well. I know you're going to talk about that in a second, but I, you know, I think, um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like, um, there's a lot of cost for optimism here. I I'm not as enthusiastic about their opening as you are, but I think if you get to game week four, then I am, then I do feel a little bit better about it because game week four is that Norwich match. And once you do that, you're, you're, you're past Chelsea and Man City, right? So yeah. you got two of the toughest out of the way for like 20 weeks or whatever. And so it's kind of like, okay, now you can maybe take them more seriously. So they, they have a first wild card feel to me. Right, right. That that's where you are. Like every season I have started with an Arsenal asset, it's bit me, whether it was Saka or Iwobi seasons past, uh yeah. Aubameyang. Cap- Captain uh, Aba Ab- last year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So in the preseason, Arsenal have made some moves. They also did a recent tour of Scotland, losing to Hibbs, though that was the the takeaway from that Hibbs lost 2-1 was Smith Rowe getting an incredible goal off of a mm-hmm. Bellerin assist. Also interesting to note here that Pepe uh, won and then and then subsequently missed a pen. Now, uh, the, the note would be, who was on the pitch when Pepe took this penalty? Was Abba on the pitch? No, he wasn't. Was Locke on the pitch? Yes, he was. But we're going to talk a little bit about Lacazette in just a second. The other Scottish uh, friendly was a 2-2 draw with Rangers where Enketia and Tavares scored Tavares who is this guy I've never heard of them Josh let's talk about new signings from Arsenal Nuno Tavares is a 21 year old Portuguese left back from Benfica and my understanding is Tavares has been brought in as cover for tyranny there on the left side and FPL has priced him accordingly at 4.5 21 yeah Yeah, exactly yeah play for the future uh, and then a 5.0 price tag on Sambi Lokanga, who is uh, another 20 year old, 21 year old. He's from Belgium, comes from Anderlecht. Not uh, not an FPL asset that we need to consider as he plays in a deeper midfield role, uh, like a DM position. Uh, rumor mill is churning. I mean, we've covered Ben White. The deal seems like it's pretty much done and agreed to, but it's not been made official yet. Uh, this is the one that really interested me, though, Josh. Reading The Athletic, James McNichols reported that Tammy Abraham uh, has been heavily linked to going to Chelsea. And Lacazette entering the last year of his contract, it seems like Lacazette is probably going to move this summer. And if that's the case, Arsenal are going to be looking for a new number nine to play centrally. And Tammy right. Abraham, an interesting fit at 6.5 in FPL. I'm kind of I'm kind of interested. I'm kind of interested. Sure. I do think Tammy Abraham is going to whether it's the entire season or at some point early in in the transfer window, he is going to be an important FPL conversation that we have to have because he is not going to sit on the bench for Chelsea again this season. Totally. And the thing with Tammy is that 
I mean, he is a good player and he had a really good season Chelsea two years ago. And I, I have like a mental block with him because he has like the worst body language in the Premier yeah. League. I feel like mm-hmm. he, well, he and uh, Anthony Martial, I guess, are competing for it. But I, you know, I just feel like he just looks so like annoyed and like he's mad at himself. I think he's mostly probably mad at himself, right? I think a lot of these players that look angry, even, you know, even when they're like uh, yelling at their teammates, or it's really that they're just mad at themselves for, for not doing the right thing. But anyway, it's, it makes it kind of hard to watch him on the pitch sometimes. It's very like, there's a lot going on there, you know? So, yeah. um, but I, you have to, you know, so I, but I totally agree. I mean, I think in, in some ways it's actually kind of, I mean, given that they have Lacazette and that they have a bombing, of course, you, it's a nice place in the, on the left wing. It's a nice place as a forward. Um, you know, they, they really have been pretty unsettled in that forward spot for a couple of years now. Yeah. I mean, no one has really taken that spot. And so, um, yeah, I mean, Tammy, I think would be, um, God, I mean, 6.5 million Tammy for Arsenal. I think that would be really cool. And, um, I, yeah, I really hope that happens. The insane rumor going around this week. Did you see this one, Josh, about Aaron Ramsdale from Sheffield United being uh, bought yeah. by Arsenal for 30 million? I just refuse to believe that there's any <laughs> truth to this this rumor. I don't know. He played better in the second half of the season. But I mean, it, I guess it would only be if um, if Leno decided that there had some, been some rumors that he wanted to leave. I, yeah. I don't know if that's still the case or if that was if that was just nonsense or, or not but uh you know i think that's the only reason they would go for rams i mean yeah i don't think you spend 30 minutes in a keeper unless you plan to start them it's an interesting conversation because as, as you look at arsenal's fpl results last season leno their starting goalkeeper was their top fpl points getter with wow. 11 clean sheets i think that that doesn't really tell you anything about leno so much as it tells you that arsenal just had a really bad fpl points season last season mm-hmm. you look at Aubameyang was moved into the midfield in the fpl game uh which which didn't help us consider him for our teams he did finish on 10 goals and three assists uh, i have no lasting memory of Aubameyang last season but he is now uh again classified as a forward so that's a big thumbs up from me third in the point getting uh series for arsenal is lacazette and as we've discussed Seems like Laka. I mean, you're, you're right. Ever since RVP left, you, you've got players like Podolsky and Giroud and Lacazette, and no one ever came in and sort of claimed uh, that 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 talis- talismanic number nine spot. Uh, interesting FPL price tag on Pepe, uh, seven point five. But this is classic sort of, um, oh, you know, do we need to consider Pepe now priced at 7.5? Rewind rewind this podcast about two and a half minutes when I reminded you of why we won't talk about Pepe any further. Because he is the player who will win a penalty against Hibernian and then subsequently miss it. He's He is in that, <laughs> yeah. in that your, your um, Mape clown show category. That's so true. We need a, we need a clown show eleven, don't we? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna work on that. We're, we're gonna post that soon. The always cheating clown show eleven. Oh, there's there's some good there's some good players yeah. in that in that mix, Brandon. Oh, so it, yeah, it's funny that like the only player I'm really landing on with Arsenal is the rumored Tammy Abraham move because if you look at like actually the players that I remember from Arsenal and the fantasy game last season is Saka who had five goals and five assists, holding as you mentioned, Josh Tierney. They they all have a role to play, but not in our game week one squads. 
I, I think that there are too many more solid defenses ahead of Arsenal to consider Tierney at this point. Like, let's see how stout Arsenal look under Arteta this season before we yeah. consider. And Saka, again, yeah. one of those. Like, he's he's a great, great, great player. But at six point five, there's just so much competition right now. So he is he's just too far down that price bracket pecking order to consider. And and then Joe Willock is the bit of a wild card here because he finished his loan at Newcastle so strongly with eight goals. Uh, I I don't know. Let's let's finish off this Arsenal section, uh, Josh, by you saying, do you think Willock will be at Arsenal this year and will he ever be in the starting eleven? I don't think he's going to move to Arsenal. I think the the rumor the, the the rumors are getting stronger that they're actually going to be finding a way to make a deal with Newcastle. I felt a little more confident about it when b- before there was some news that this comes from the ownership stuff is look like it might get settled this summer. Now it looks like that might get put off for a few more months, uh, and so I worry that the ownership situation and the, and the handover may um, may stop that transfer from happening because it may it may just be harder to get a 20 million pound deal across the line. But I think get him on loan, you know, for one more season. I think that may happen. And I, I I've heard some talk that he, just the Lakanga move alone may may just clear out that because I Lakanga is kind of it's like a central midfielder. And Willick, I mean Willick can play in a lot of different positions. And so I, I just wonder about whether um I don't know. I mean, he was playing much more further forward with um, with Newcastle, and I think he would be playing if he stayed at Arsenal. Yeah, so, definitely. Uh, I, I'm I'm leaning towards him not starting the season with Arsenal. Um, I think you're right on. I mean, Saka is the one player who we probably should be talking about a little more. I mean, as you said, he is a great player. Um, I think he's the like he's a player who could absolutely make a mockery of that price, though. I think mm-hmm. that it would not be surprising as all at all if you know seven weeks from now we are all just like scrambling to get Saka into our team because he's just picked up a brace in some, you know, against Norwich or something yeah. like that. I hope so. I, I really hope that he has a, a great season just to put the Euros behind him and, and prove what a fantastic yeah. player he is. Yeah, and we didn't really talk about Smith Rowe either, but, you know, 5.5 million, signed a new deal, got the number 10 shirt. I mean, I think that he is uh, even more than Saka. He's the player that I would really be. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, I can't believe I didn't make a note of that. I mean, I I thought it was I thought it was interesting how um, just well, I, I feel like I need more information here. Like, how do we equate the number 10 shirt with FPL value or even just value to a squad? It's somewhere below having the captaincy armband, like at least with a captain's armband, you're guaranteed to start. But we do have a, a, a cluster of number 10 shirts in the Premier League who aren't regular starters. I mean, Jordan Henderson sure. is like the one team captain who's, who I can think of who's not a, a regular starter or, or Mark Noble. But anyway, uh, yeah, the appeal of Smith Rowe is is is. Like we were talking about, um, shoot, who's the Billy Gilmore who moved from Chelsea to Norwich. And we're like, oh, great, because we know Billy Gilmore is going to get minutes and he's priced at 4.5. Like you'll always have one, two or three points coming off the bench. Emil Smith Rowe at 5.5 is like a true blue attacking player. And if he wins like a regular starting position under Arteta, then, yeah, I think we're going to be talking a lot more about him this season. Yeah, I mean, I'm tempted to even start the season with with him in my squad. I mean, I think he may just there, there may just not be a slot for him ultimately, depending on how I set up my squad. But I, I you know, I think that he is. Um, I mean, two goals and five assists don't really do him justice because he's he's just one of those up and coming players and really just started to get minutes for the first time last season. And I think I mean, the thing about number ten is you're right. I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily mean anything, especially anymore. But um, but I think that um, it it just it, it, it makes you feel good about him being 
at, at least at the start. Like, like he's mm-hmm. going to get a chance to be a regular starter in that squad. You don't give a player the number 10 if you're planning to kind of work them in 30 minutes at a time. All right? right. It feels like that's an investment in him as like one of the top, you know, attacking players in that team. And so, I mean, he's got to earn it now, but hopefully he does. Yeah. I just do. I wonder if he's the new Sokka because I was saying exactly what you're saying about Sokka this time last summer. And I had Sokka in my game week one squad and he didn't start. So, um, yeah, you know. Yeah. And if you get if you get five goals and five assists, which is what Saka did last season from Smith throughout five point five million, that is, it's not a bad return. Yeah. I mean, maybe you'd hope for a little bit more. But um, but again, you're not you're not holding these players for 38 weeks. Right. So, yeah. you know, in, in most cases. So it's like, yeah, like, you know, just get him for the, like, that little three match run, um, you know, where he's going to pick up some points, hopefully. All right, Josh, to transition, uh, I, I will spoil by saying you are not predicting a St. Totterham's day this season. I do have Spurs in seventh. Now, this is before we found out that Harry Kane's brother's cousin's former roommate said at a wedding that Harry Kane is now, oh, whatever. There's some like, you know, news in the sun about whether he's actually going to move this summer. We'll see. Um, as a week ago, it sounded like he was pretty much going to stay and that there was no chance that Levy's going to leave. I still lean towards that being the case. I really do. I really think that, uh, that Harry Kane is going to stay, but I, I mean, you know, I think there's an argument for doing it. I mean, you know, you look at what Liverpool did when they sold um, uh, Coutinho to, to Barcelona and it really funded the moves that ultimately put them, you know, that, that put together a Champions League, Premier League title winning squad. Yeah. Um, and I think it was, uh, I think it was, was it Allison and Van Dyke that, that mm-hmm. were that were bought with the Coutinho mm-hmm. money? Mm-hmm. I mean, pretty, pretty serious. So you call you know, that a you, spine. Yeah. And you have, I mean, you know, if they're actually able to get a hundred million dollars and you have all of these clubs, especially some of the Spanish clubs who are really desperate to, to get some like money to basically sell off some of their players. Um, it just feels like you could get that hundred million dollars and you can do a shopping spree of young, talented players across the Premier League. And so, I mean, that has to be tempting. Um, but, but, but also I, I just think it's like, you can't, I mean, Harry Kane is arguably the best player in the Premier League the top five player certainly. Um, and you just don't sell top five players and expect to get value in return. Right. So it's just about yeah, whether it's, you're kind of giving up on the current project. Yeah. Coutinho was such a special player for Liverpool when he was there, but I think it was, he was unlike Kane, a player where you could still imagine that squad without Coutinho and Spurs. I think that like the house of cards just falls to pieces without Kane there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, they have a lot of a practice without him, right? Because he gets an angle injury every year. Uh-huh. So they, they've had some time to uh, to work on it. I mean, um, you know, we could talk, I mean, we'll just skip down and talk about Sun real quick. I mean, you know, Sun is a player who has had the chance to to shine even without Kane uh, in the squad. And um, I think that he is, he's got, he finally hit double digits as far as his uh, his price in FBL goes. He, got, he jumped up to 10 million, reasonably so, honestly. Uh, 17 goals, 11 assists last season. Um, he's too good to fall into the clown show rankings that were now that, by, by the way, Jordan Pickford is the starting keeper for the clown show 11, right? He's gotta be. Hmm. Uh, let's put a pin in that one. I feel like, okay. I feel like there are some contenders. I mean, Aaron Ramsdale <laughs> even is, a. that's is true. A, he's not currently in the premier league though. Yeah. Um, so son, uh, 17 goals, 11 assists last season can be a slightly frustrating player to own in fantasy in my experience. Um, 
you know, he's, he tends to disappear for a great player. He can disappear in, in matches sometimes, but, uh, but, but, you know, they, they've got a decent run to start the season. Um, they, they, this is what often happens when it comes to uh, fantasy talk and gaming fun planning is it's really hard to see fast that opening fixture, right? Uh, yeah. If you play a tough yeah. team in match one and they play man city in, in game week one. And so I think I haven't seen a ton of talk uh, about Spurs and I'm not sure that I'm really super enthusiastic about bringing sun in, I am feeling a little better about their defense, though. And the player that I'm, I guess, most excited about would be uh, Region, who comes in at a $5 million price, right? So he may be even more valuable under Nuno as well, where you, I, I, I mean, I'm not sure that he'll, um, it's not a certainty that he's going to play three at the back, but I think it's, I think it's very likely considering mm-hmm. that's how he played for, for several years at Wolves. And that should really lock in um, because, you know, I mean, last year at Spurs, they kind of, they, they moved the, they changed the formation around, you know, at times. And so, you know, if, if he really has a chance to push forward uh, Reggion, I think that he really could be, you know, really good value. And, um, you know, six assists last season, eight clean sheets. Um, and yeah, uh, you know, five million price tag. It just seems like a very reasonable price. Uh, you have Eric Dyer too, who's, you know, possibly, um, decent 4.5 million value. I mean, again, I'm not like, I'm not the, not the captain of the Eric Dyer fan club by any means, yeah. but 4.5 million starting keeper on a team that we're projecting to finish in the top seven, or I mean, excuse me, starting defender, um, is something you have to at least take note of. I he's going to be, he's going to be Nuno's den donker at Spurs. <laughs> I mean, they're going to need some center backs. Like when you look at the at the rumors, that's like all you see is just all these center back rumors. Uh, Takahiro yeah. uh, Tomiyasu is rumored. Uh, Vestergaard has been rumored. Your boy, Joachim Anderson, uh, has Joachim Anderson. I didn't even say mm-hmm. his Joakim, first name. Yeah. Joachim Anderson. Joachim was like Joachim Phoenix. I don't know where that came from. So he's he's been rumored. Uh, and then Danny Ings, we've talked about this, I think, in a previous podcast, but there has been some Danny Ings talk. Uh, from what I have heard, it would take a pretty big evaluation valuation because Southampton are um, feel like he's pretty pivotal to them, them not getting relegated this season. So um, they, they would sell him, but it would need to be like, I think like 25 million pounds or more. So uh, maybe unlikely that happens unless Kane is sold. And even then, I'm not sure you'd want to take all that Kane money and, and spend it on, on Ings just because of if, if you're selling Kane, it feels like you're kind of restarting a little bit on the project, you know? And so do you want a, a 29-year-old center forward? I'm not sure. Yeah, I think that's the right assessment for sure. It doesn't. It just feels like such a short-term solution to create a to create another problem, basically. The player that I'm excited about that looks like this one is going to get across the line is Brian Gill. He's a left winger from Sevilla and just really highly regarded player. He had a, Four goals and four assists and 30 appearances last year. He's only 20 years old. Uh, apparently, he's friends with uh, Reggion, and they've been texting about what what, what life is like uh, in Tottenham. Uh, and <laughs> uh, so, the kids, they do text these days, don't they, Josh? Yeah. So you could see a possible left-wing partnership there. You know, that I like that idea of these two guys who are friends with each other, you know, uh, partnering up on the left. And there have, has been some talk already about just how Nuno is, is doing in training camp and that people, apparently, he's just pushing them harder. Uh-huh. <laughs> and a lot of the players, are like really happy about that and they felt like they weren't being pushed to the best of their ability god i mean just Mourinho, just every time he leaves a club right everyone's just so happy like no matter even if somebody comes in and he makes them it makes somebody work harder they're like i love it i love uh-huh. it. like any, anything but him yeah we've been bad bad boys we deserve this <laughs> exactly so uh hugo too pricey at 5.5 million um 
I think the, you know, again, this is an unsettled team, so it's hard to do a full-on prediction here. Their fixtures are okay once you get past that Man City one, but I think they do play Chelsea a couple weeks after that. I mean, just to me, I'm not, I, I wouldn't say there's anyone on Spurs outside of Reggion that I'm really, that really turns my head. The one player I, who I do want to flag though is, um, is Delhi because um, he scored a goal in a friendly this week. He's only 6.5 million. Uh, all accounts that he's going to get a chance. Like uh, basically like everybody in the Spurs midfield is like for sale right now, apparently uh, outside of son who just signed a contract extension. So I think that, but, but Delhi is the one player who I think may, may thrive under a new management under, under, yeah. under, um, cause we all, I mean, it's not like it's, it's still, it still feels slightly inexplicable that he's just completely fallen off. Right. It's like, I mean, like what happened? Like, is there still a good answer for what happened with him? I, I really don't know, but I, I always raise questions about players who they, they disappear from the face of the earth. And when they return, they look like completely different people. And when Delhi reemerged late in the season under Ryan Mason, he had those hair extensions and also, and he, he had like, like evil Deli Ali goatee going on. And he also looked like he'd just been like, <laughs> lifting weights nonstop for the last six months. Like he really filled yeah. out. So I, I don't know, something, something's going on behind the scenes with Deli Ali. And I'm not saying it's good or bad. Uh, I agree with you, Josh. I just don't think that the story is done. Yeah. The the story is yet to be written on Deli Ali's career, but yeah, it's just weird. I mean, it's been, it, we're actually, we're getting to be several years removed from his best seasons now, but he's only like, tw- how old is he? Like 24 or something like that. He's, he's, he's a pretty, he's, he's a young man, Brandon. Mm-hmm. And, Not like these 30 uh, year olds we've spent all, yeah. all the rest of the time talking about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he just turned 25, right? So still, still quite young. So there's, there's still time. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. I think that's all I need to say about, oh, and of course we, I mean, Kane, I mean, we should talk about him a little bit. I mean, if he does stay, comes in at 12.5 million, 23 goals, 14 assists last season. Uh, not, what can you say about Kane that hasn't been said? I mean, I don't have a, I don't have a hot take on him other than I, I still think it's unlikely he's going to move to, to Man City. Um, I didn't think you'd expect the assist to drop. Uh, 14 is double the best he's ever had. Um, so expecting that kind of return again seems a little yeah. unlikely. I still feel like he seems a little expensive, even if he moves to Man City. I mean, I with, with but I, I, you know, the one thing that you know, I, I'm just thinking about now is, do you remember uh, a 12 million forward who moved to Manchester um, a few years ago? Okay, it's getting to be like 10 years ago now. But when Robin Van Persie moved from Arsenal to Man United, it was like, he's really expensive this year. I mean, can he, can he do it? Is it going to be too many like play? Like are, are other people going to steal his goals basically? Uh-huh. And then he was incredible. He did it. And Yeah, he did it. And he led them to a title and he was a very good fantasy asset that year. So um, I think he scored at least 20 goals that season. So I, maybe I'm just, you know, overthinking. I mean, if Kane joins the best team in the premier league or one of the best anyway, um, does that mean uh, that you just have to buy him and suck up the price? I mean, it wasn't like when, when Aguero was in peak form, we had him every week. It wasn't mm-hmm. like you just had him for 38 weeks. So, mm-hmm. um, so we'll see. But I, I think that if Kane joins Man City, um, I mean, they play Norwich in game week two, right? Man City. And that is like, <laughs> if Kane joins Man City and they play Norwich in game week two and I don't yeah. have Kane in my squad, that is like going to be real. Like, uh, that's your wild card in game week two. Yeah, exactly. Why well, could get just to bring him in? I mean, like, you couldn't. I think he could score 10 goals in that match. Uh-huh. <laughs> if he joins, if he joins Man City before they play, like he's going to like the, you know, but, but I'm actually not sure if he's going to play like, you know, they think, um, 
kind of depends on how things shake out, right? I mean, the, the deal hasn't happened yet. And, um, and I don't mean to like go totally the, the end of the man city section here, but if it does happen, you'd expect him to have to take some time to train with that squad. Right. I mean, he's not going to join August 9th and then, uh, and then, you know, basically play like two days later. Um, there has been some talk too, that he, they don't want to sell him before man city play Spurs, which, um, Seems a little petty, but also kind of logical. Like that would be kind of gross, right? <laughs> they've like, got, you they've got to secure that seventh place finish, Josh. Spurs do. Yeah, but no, but right, but they play at home, right? So can you imagine if they sell if they sell Kane to Spurs for like a hundred million, and then like four days later, Harry Kane oh, comes there. I just I want to see it so bad. I just want I mean, to see it. <laughs> I want to see it too, but it's it would be like painful. I mean, that would be so painful. Yeah. So yeah, so we'll see what we'll see what happens there. Um, but let's move on, Brandon, to the number six team, which uh take it away. I was just gonna say I think I think City are planning to buy Harry Kane just so they have somebody who can actually take pens for them. But as as you suggest, Josh, Spurs are completely unsettled. So much to talk about because there's a lot of movement. We we don't quite know what to expect. The team in sixth place is the exact opposite of that. We know exactly what to expect from them, and it's largely good things, and it's Leeds United. And, uh, I mean, this is the team we've probably, if there was a word cloud for uh, for FPL and always cheating over the last month, it probably involves Rafinha and Leeds and Jack Harrison most of all. So you look at Leeds' uh, opening fixtures, it's, Away Manchester United, Everton, Burnley, Liverpool, and then things really open up. You've got Newcastle, West Ham, Watford, Southampton, Wolves, Norwich. That run starting in game week five is incredible. And I, I liked where you were going uh, with Spurs, Josh, when you were noting their game week one fixtures, Manchester City. And I don't know how many players FPL managers have avoided putting into their teams just because they see one standout fixture like against Manchester City and they say, that's a bad one. I'm just going to avoid them all together. And I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I don't like managing out of fear. I think sometimes that can be justified. And what you love about Leeds, what we loved about them last season, notably in game week one, Leeds, played defending champions Liverpool and they scored three goals against them. So it's almost like uh, you you love Leeds more because the fixtures tend to not matter with them because they play with such uh, attacking panache. And I think what we also learned last season is they do have some ability to keep clean sheets. So we'll have to talk about Melier just a little bit. So yeah, fixtures, mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, who cares? Leads, they're great. They finished in ninth place last season. We're predicting that they'll finish even higher. And last season, how did they do so well uh, as a as a promoted team? Well, they were actually rated the the highest team in the Premier League last season in goals from the counterattack. Like, if I said who led wow. the Premier League in counterattacking goals last season, would you immediately guess Spurs, Josh? I'm guessing. No, I mean, I guess I, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I, I guess I'm, I am thinking of like, I'm thinking of Stuart Dallas scoring that late goal at Man City, and it feels like Patrick Bamford was on the, was on the end of a couple of mm-hmm. counterattacking goals too. So I'm not shocked. I mean, but I, 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 I said I didn't know they led the Premier League though. That is a little surprising. Yeah, seven goals on the counterattack, uh, followed by Manchester United and West Ham with with six, and you have to go all the way down to fifth place to find Spurs with with five goals. Um, so, yeah, I, and I think Bielsa 
talk about working their players hard. Like Bielsa has this team in such good shape that yes, in the 85th minute, they're still running counterattacks. They're still um, um, firing, firing shots on target. So uh, no, no preseason results for Leeds just yet. And one new signing that we want to highlight, and that's junior, junior Furpo. Uh, no, that is not a Star Wars character that you encounter in the most Isley Cantina. Junior Furpo. That does sound like a uh, some somebody that you read about in Wikipedia. But he's a 24-year-old Dominican left back from Barcelona. And this was news to me when I when I was looking up Furpo. Alioski, the uh, actually left uh, Leeds this summer. And speaking of number 10s. Yeah, like one of the great number 10s <laughs> last season. That's hilarious. I forgot about that. So uh, I think Furpo slots right in and FPL is predicting that he's going to play a role for Leeds. Priced him at 5.0. Uh, he did uh, score two goals in 24 appearances in his Barcelona uh, career. So it's not like he just never saw any minutes for Barcelona. I think we'll rate him decently. No, no real cool rumors circulating around Leeds right now. I think we're just going to see a lot of what we saw last season. And what did we see yeah. last season? Well, Patrick Bamford, who was the the second highest points getter in FPL in the forward position, uh, seven more, seven more points than Jamie Vardy, 26 more points than his fellow promotee, Ali Watkins. The issue with Bamford is that he has really been priced up by the FPL game, according to last season's results, and he's eight million. Eight million yeah. too too rich for you, Josh. What do you think? Well, yeah, it's right in that DCL range. Um, I, I don't think it's crazy. I mean, I, it's funny because when, when we started out, I was I, it was like I got it in my head immediately that it was too expensive, and I just I kind of like completely dismissed him. Like, ah, he's too expensive. I'm just like not gonna I'm not gonna have him, but. I don't know. I mean, maybe there's something to be said for um, for just having Bamford. Like, just just have the guy who really was like one of the best forwards in the league last season. Eight yeah. million is not that much more. Like, you, it's, I feel like you can talk yourself into a bunch of Ianacho seven point five million types, but like maybe you just spend the extra point five million and just get Patrick Bamford. Like, yeah. it's you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sort of I'm softening on my don't want Bamford stance. <laughs> 17 goals and 11 assists. It's the really the 11 assists that stick out for me. I think yeah. we we were talking about this with Pookie versus Ivan Tony in the last episode and how uh, Pookie, just, he's just a goal scorer. He does not provide yeah. for his teammates where t- Tony does. And I, I really love to see that Bamford has that aspect to his game. Stuart Dallas, uh, so many great memories with this guy last season. Finished the season on eight goals, three assists, and 12 clean sheets. Goodbye, clean sheets. Stuart Dallas is now a midfielder, but uh, 5.5, you know, it's between him and Emil Smith-Rowe. And I think Dallas gets the bump. He he gets included in my game week one squad just because I know he's going to play. I know the type of role he's going to play in the Bielsa system, and it's a good role for fantasy points. Uh, Two players that we have to talk about in depth before we get to them let's just touch upon yeah. melier their goalkeeper who is priced right i think at five million 11 clean sheets one pen save yeah. 20 bonus points That's last crazy. season so um he he can make saves when it's a, a contentious game that was the third best goalkeeper score last season just behind emmy martinez and ederson so melier actually in my game week one bus team right now and i think we're going to talk much more about them and it leads for all their attacking flair they they can 
keep clean sheets, which is good. So let's let's get to the main the main course here, Josh. And it's okay. Jack Harrison versus Rafinha. And I there there was one way to approach this argument where you just say, oh, Rafinha, he's better. He looks better. Uh, he's cooler. Um, I don't know. That's that's totally subjective. Uh, <laughs> um, let's just go with Rafinha. And that seems to be the consensus. But when you look at the numbers, Jack Harrison outscored Rafinha last season in FPL points. He had two more goals than Rafinha did as well. And he outshined Rafinha in the bonus point category. So when I, I pulled some comparison stats for Rafinha and Harrison, and I think the reason why Rafinha is standing out uh, price 0.5 over Jack Harrison is for one reason. If you look at attempts on goal, Rafinha had 67 goal attempts last season to Jack Harrison's 45. Rafinha is just, he's more active around the goal mouth. Uh, Jack Harrison is more efficient. His conversion rate was higher. His accuracy was better. Therefore, he had more goals and he uh, delivered more fantasy points. But I think what we see in Rafinha here is he's getting into the positions. He's taking these opportunities if he can start converting them more, he will easily beat Jack Harrison on the FPL uh, table. I think, like assuming Jack Harrison doesn't suddenly level up, I think it's like it's closer between the two players than what we're, we're willing to admit. But that's my case for Rafinha. Can you mount a counter argument, Josh? No. The, the answer is no. I don't know how Rafinha comes in at the same price as Trossard, for example. I, I don't know how that how someone with six goals, ten assists, who looked amazing and honestly i think could have easily had if he didn't have a, a little injury issue down the stretch there could have finished on eight or nine goals I mean, he could have had like nine goals and 12 assists i don't think that would have been maybe that's extrapolating a little too much but it was also his first year in the league right so i, I think you know you could really see a, an even more of a step up this year i mean I, I i i think i said this on a podcast last season but i i hold that he would be at the very least, he would get serious minutes on virtually every team in the Premier League. It's hard for me to imagine a, a team in the Premier League where he wouldn't get maybe Man United just because of some of their, their wing depth now with, with, with Sancho there. But um, I think even in like a Man City, I think they would find a way to get him serious minutes in that squad. So, um, yeah, I think um, Liverpool, I think they could definitely use him too. Uh, maybe play Joe out of position. Yeah, I, yeah. I can see Rafinha anywhere, Brandon. I can, I, like, yeah. you give me a team and I'll find a spot for him. Yeah, so yeah, I'm yeah. just a huge fan. I mean, to me, the question is, do you just – there's something weird about it because of their price point. But, I mean, are we really – just having two leads attackers feels like kind of just smart. It really does. I mean, you know, especially once you get past that man United fixture, it's a really good run as you, as you've noted really through the first 10 or 11 weeks of the season. Um, and we, I mean, they haven't changed that much. And a lot of them had the summer off. Like, what are we, what are we doing here? Ben? And are we overthinking <laughs> things? And that, that's why we have yeah. lead six, right? I mean, there's, yeah. it seems a little high in some cases we've got them over the, the North London squads, but I just think they're good. And I think they've, I think they're going to even like press on from there. And yeah. so every year you've got one team that kind of rocks that top six spot, right. That like kind of not, like gets their way in there. And I think that this is their year to do it. So um, I'm really thinking about having two leads players and maybe that ends up being Harrison and Rafinha, but Rafinha to me is like, you know, for anyone who, um, and for any Americans out there, I mean, he's like, the RSTLNE at the end of Wheel of Fortune, right? You just like, <laughs> if you have to, I really feel strongly that you just 
just don't overthink it. Add Rafinha to your team. Even even I would have him over Mo Salah, right? I could see an argument for like Sadio Mane over Mo Salah, maybe. But yeah. like Rafinha to me is like the one player I'm like, just just get Rafinha. Don't don't yeah. overthink it because yeah. Yeah. you rarely see a player this mispriced. And I feel like at six point five million, he's just a steal. All right, there's there's just such there's so much meat on this leads bone for FPL. We'll keep coming back to them time and time again. One last category here, Josh. It's the Josh Landon your boy section of leads. And that's yeah. and that's ailing at 4.5. Go back to last season. Zero goals, zero assists, 12 clean sheets. How many bonus points did Ailing get? How many, Brandon? Two. <laughs> two. Two, two bonus. Seems, that's so low. <laughs> It is low. It is low. So uh, will Ailing remain your boy is is the question. I think the goal will come from him this season at last, uh, but I don't think it's worth worth anything FPL wise to me. Well, I don't know. I mean, you're, you're, you're I'm actually a little more pro Ailing than you are. Uh, I, I I mean, the, the <laughs> now I'm, I'm, I'm like so pro leads attack that I'm like, maybe I don't want to have aliens that I can have three spots for three uh for three leads attackers like let's 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 just go um but i mean because you know in last year you you kind of never would have had three leads attackers because you always wanted to have Stuart dallas because he was such great value but um i don't know i mean at 4.5 million i i mean the, the big the big question with him is you know last season he had to play a lot of his minutes at center back uh to you know because of some of the, the injuries that they had there i don't think that's gonna be the case this year and i think he's gonna really be able to kind of like own that right back spot um, and if that is the case, do we get more attacking returns from him than yeah. than you know than we got picked up last season? I think I think it's possible. Classic Josh moment where you took my joke question and turned it into a serious one. And on that note, Josh, <laughs> let's take a break and we're going to come back and talk about the top five predicted teams in our always cheating Premier League table. All right, friends, it's time to talk about Fantasy Football Hub. That is your one-stop shop for all your FPL needs. Visit them at fantasyfootballhub.co.uk slash always. Remember that slash always because when you visit that URL, you can get 25% off the tier of your choice as a listener of the Always Cheating Pod. Also, when you join Fantasy Football Hub, you become eligible for the Always Cheating Super League 1,000 pound cash prize. That's when you join the hub for free or at a paid tier. What can you do at the hub? You can access all the greatest fantasy minds managing today. They're sharing their teams and strategy through thoughtful articles and videos. And if you're not interested in what other managers are up to, you just want the data. Well, at the hub, you access all of the data, and that includes real Opta stats and easy to use player comparison tools. Use their game week planning tools as well, like their advanced fixture tickers and custom spreadsheets masterminded by the legendary Ben Krellen. Never manage alone. That's what the hub says. And if you want to join the hub, you can chat with other managers just like you, including private WhatsApp groups. Also, if you're an FPL manager on the go this season, the hub is also offering an app. Just one extra shout out for that Opta data, Brennan, because I was using op, their, their Opta stat tool um, on and off throughout the uh, making the notes for this week's pod. And I found it hugely helpful and hugely clean. I actually reached out to uh, to Will, who uh, created the Fantasy Will Help site, just to sort of shout out uh, the Opta stats because I was so um, impressed with how easy they are to use. So if you're looking for access to stats, um, even just like clean, like even if you're like like a dummy like me and you just want like the most basic, like I, I'm just like I, I, I'm not gonna like dig deep, 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 but I do like to just kind of see what yeah. skim what the, the stats are telling. Skim the surface a little bit. I mean, you can go as deep as you want, but it, even if you just want to skim the surface, it's very useful to have that. So. 
Um, yeah, fanciflehub.co.uk slash always where you can go to get a discount on a membership. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. All right, Brown, we're back. Team number five is Leicester City. Oh, Leicester, two straight <laughs> years, losing, having a, having a Champions League spot in their hands and losing it. I feel Unreal. really bad for their supporters. As you know, Brandon, I, I have been slowly uh, turning myself. They're now my second team. They're officially my second team. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a huge, whatever that means. It just means I, 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 I tend to root for them, uh, you know, and in most, in most matches. Um, I just, I like, I, I just, I'm so impressed with what they've done there, you know, and how they've, they've like built themselves up to like, they're now, the, I mean, it was only a few years ago they got promoted. Right. And now they just feel like so locked and you can't imagine them getting relegated ever. Right. They're just like, they're, no. they're building for the future. They've got good planning they have, they've made good signings this summer. Um, so I'm talking about the signings real quick. There's two kind of big ones. Uh, one is uh, Samare, who's a defensive mid, not, not someone we need to talk about too much, although I think it's going to be really helpful to have in that squad. Um, Pats and Daka is the other signing I think is really interesting. He's a, a talented zombie and forward. Uh, probably won't start right away, a uh, player of the future. But when you look at his numbers, I mean, 34 goals, 12 assists, and 42 appearances last season for RB mm. Salzburg. It was, you know, it, it sure it's the Austrian league, but those are those are great numbers no matter what. what <laughs> sure. Or it's the Austrian league. I've heard that one a few times. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but so, yeah, well, Serloff, you know, did a great job in the Austrian league last year too. Of course. Um, comes in at 7.5 million. Um, you know, I'm just noting him, right? Like, it's like, he's like, it's a little bit like, just like, like put, put Pats and Daka on the back of your head, put them on your, on your wish list, Brandon. Mm-hmm. There may sure. come a time when we come to him for 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 goals i've got a picture of him on my trapper keeper right now josh perfect yeah it's like the godfather right like we don't need him right now (laughs) but there may be a time when we ask him to do a favor for Uh us uh so keep so keep him uh start away you know i the overview i had a note here i just called him a this i called him a premium team at mid-table prices and Mm. i think that that really is true across the board for a lot of the players in this team it does not mean that there's easy picks here i do not think i I think in some ways even though i've got them above um 
leads, I think in some ways leads pick them pick themselves a little more easily. Um, I think with um, with Wolves or excuse me with Leicester, you've got some question marks. Um, you have Castagna, five point five million, two goals, four assists. But the first question mark starts right, which is that he is awesome as a right wing back. He is not very valuable uh, as a center back. And so it really, if we feel confident that he's going to be, you know, per, kind of very like, sol- like, sol- like solidly in that right wing back role, then, then definitely a great asset. Um, you have Fafana who I've heard some haters, Brandon, there's some haters out there. I'm one of who, them. Are you one of them? Cause to me, 4.5 million, absolute sure starter. I feel like he hit the crossbar about 18 times last year uh, on on uh, on goal on, um, on corner kicks. I think at 4.5 million, I think he represents some really interesting value. I think there's an extremely good chance that he is in my squad and starts game week one for me. So how about that? Yeah, I mean, I I think this is one of those biases that I I'm gonna have to shake because I I just watching Fafana play there's something about his his suicidal style of defending where he's he's jumping up and um into into challenges uh at the top of the box and i i like he gets he gets skinned a little too too much but i agree you young like player, to see though too yeah he, he's active enough on set pieces and he's young and he will he will develop and i think given the responsibility that he had to take on last season because of injury and that he handled right. it actually as well as he did is points in his favor so all of that said yes i come back again to that 4.5 price tag and you're more you're more or less convincing me i have to get over it good yeah tabula rasa brennan that is the theme <laughs> of, the, of this season so yeah, yeah i so i like uh, fafana for sure um you know unfortunately james justin is still out uh, indefinitely with 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 his injury he was a great asset last season i mean he was your he was really your guy until, yeah. he, until he wasn't my boy he was my guy Exactly. That's when I want to be even. When that's when I want to be nice because I felt like I didn't want to say boy and and, and sound like I was making fun of him because I it really was terrible what happened. I mean, he's having this breakout season and then and then yeah. had that bad injury. So um, midfielders, you've got um, you know kind of the usual suspects of, right at the moment. You've got Madison and Barnes. Um, I'd avoid everyone else, and that includes Tielemann, who I think is an excellent player, but I don't love him as a fantasy asset. Uh, Madison, I you know my note here is uh, we know what he is now. Right. Eight goals and seven assists the season, last season, six goals and five assists the season before that, seven goals and seven assists the season before that. Yeah. You're going to get roughly seven goals and seven assists for James Madison this season. Feels a little much for a seven million player. Right. I, I feel like at seven million, I, I maybe want a little bit more than seven goals and seven assists, especially when you can drop down to that six point five million range. And and there's a few players like I, I would rather have Saka yeah. than than James Madison. I was just thinking about that like, the way we were talking around Emil Smith Rowe and Saka, and then you know what yeah. Leeds has to offer, and there's just so much to yeah. pick from. And um, yeah, there yeah, was give me Harrison at six. You know, I'd have I'd rather Harrison at six over over Madison. Yeah, just like three Leeds midfielders. Um, I'd I'd settle for that as opposed to the the Madison thrill ride. Yeah. You got Harvey Barnes, who is a little more exciting. Uh, had you know battled some injuries last year, but was on the verge of what seemed like a breakout season. Still finished with nine goals and five assists, um, six goals and ten assists the previous season. Still only twenty three years old. Um, the problem for Barnes is that when Barnes went down. Ian Acho went supernova. 
He, he, he <laughs> it was like when Vegeta went Super Saiyan <laughs> in, in uh, Dragon Ball Z. We all remember. Like, what? Like, v- Vegeta can do that? Mm-hmm. You know? And that that's really how I felt about uh, Yanacho uh, exploding. It, it finished with 12 goals, two assists, and 18 bonus points. And these are in some very limited minutes, too. You know, it was really... Uh, you know, and it's looking at his XG, and I think it was around like a 10 or 11. So it wasn't like it was like some fluky, totally outperformed. He was just good, and he was setting up chances, and he's just making the right moves. And you were like, where has this guy been? Because it was such an, a phenomenal breakout season. So I've talked before about how, I'm, you know, there's all these forwards, and I can't figure out which ones I want. And, you know, Bamford and Ianacho are, are two that I'm really – that I am enthusiastic about. And I yeah. just, you know, I think what's great about Ian Ancho is we're going to get um, a charity shield uh, between uh, Man City and Leeds, uh, excuse me, Man City and Leicester. Sorry. Um, we're going through too many teams right now and they're all sort of, the, the names are blending together in my head, but uh, Man City and Leicester play the charity shield, uh, you know, as, as they always do the week before the season starts. Um, and I really want to see how they line up. I want to mm. see if bar, if they if they play, Vardy, Barnes, and Ianacho across the front three. Um, or, I mean, maybe Paca just just gets a start right off the bat. I don't know. I mean, I think I just did a portmanteau of Pats and Daka and made him Paca. <laughs> I like sorry it. About, sorry about that, I Pats like and Daka. Yeah, so maybe Daka gets – I mean, I we'll see, you know. And so I think um, – but if Ianacho starts in the charity shield and looks active and good, I think there's a really good chance that he comes in my squad because he got 12 goals and it was basically in half a season. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, for a, a full season for Lester, and it, it didn't feel. I mean, I don't know if you feel differently about this, but it didn't feel like what he was doing was some crazy leap. Like, where did this? Like, it felt like he belonged. Right. Well, yeah. Lest lest we forget, he came from Manchester City, and um, you know, I think they knew what they were doing when they first scouted Ianacho and brought him in. And I thought we saw flashes when he was at City, where you're like, wow, this kid. Uh, has great awareness in in the box, but he just was never able to get the playing time. And I think it was probably difficult for him to to make the move to Leicester and figure out a new club culture. And and here we are. I think I I think we're seeing what we should come to expect. And and what the way he scored his twelve goals for Leicester in the league last season, I thought was really impressive because it wasn't like they came in these these Mikel Antonio bursts where he just puts some minnow team to the sword. He was doing, he was scoring the same type of goal consistently week after week. And I just from my FPL manager brain, that's exactly what I'm looking for. I want that level of predictability, consistency. uh, uh, You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do. And um, so, I mean, you want consistency, Brandon, Jamie Vardy. Uh, just does it year in and year out. Uh, but he turns 35 in January, seemed to slip a little bit last season. Now, you feel this way even more stronger than I do. Mm-hmm. You, you are officially a Vardy hater at this point, I would say. <laughs> you hate the man, you know, and I I, I love Jamie Vardy. I think he's uh, great, and I, I yeah. thank him for his service. Yeah, okay, you have love really... in your heart, Josh. Good for you. <laughs> but 15 goals, an incredible 14 assists last season. Insane. He and Ianacho were linking up so well uh, down the stretch. And so, uh, but I will not be considering Vardy, uh, not when Ianacho is $3 million cheaper. Um, and uh, yeah, 10.5 is just a little high. It, it's such a weird season for forwards. I mean, you've got Aubameyang, Kane, and Jamie Vardy as far as the forwards who are priced above $10 million go. And I think that's why the Kane conversation is so peculiar because um, 
there were so there are there are just so many genuine options below 10 million like Ian Nacho and um and Bamford and the like that I, I just don't have any room for for guys this expensive as good as they might be yeah yeah me, me too I mean it's uh We'll see. I mean, you know, it's, it's all situational, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we say this now and there could be a time, <laughs> yeah. you know, a nice three, three match run or something. Of course where... I'm captaining Kane in game week one. Do you think I'm an idiot? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not everything changes. So we'll, we'll see. But going into the season, he's not on my plans. I'll say that much. Let's move on to team number four, Brandon. Let's uh, take it away. Okay. So similar to what you were saying about Leicester being a, a premium team with mid table prices, Chelsea are the champions of Europe and we've got them finishing again in the champions league positions. Uh, I guess in fourth place, we're not expecting them to kick on too hard, uh, in the league, barring any, any miraculous signings that they might make. But the thing that stands out in FPL with Chelsea is the price tags on these players. And I think this is going to trip a lot of us up as we're planning for game week. One is, is, you know, Ziyech, Kai Havertz, uh, Pulisic. These guys all have price tags that uh, are compatible with ways that we're setting up our team. But this is out. This is being outweighed by what the expectations are just fantasy wise. And we started to see this with Manchester City last season, where City were dominating the league. They won the trophy at a canter. But we mm-hmm. saw their 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 sway over fantasy starting to wane. Like when KDB was out injured, yeah, we went to Gundogan. But, you know, it was really tricky settling on a strong City defensive asset. They didn't have a recognized striker that we could play around with. And I think we're, we're here with, with Chelsea where we know they're a really great team, but somehow they're just not a great fantasy team right now. And I think the, the other wrinkle for game week one and starting the season with Chelsea is because they are uh, European champions, they will play in the UEFA super cup, which occurs August 11th in Belfast, Mm -hmm. Ireland. And that's just three days before their season opener against crystal palace in the premier league. So <laughs> I didn't know that that's very yeah. annoying. I wish I hadn't done that. Yeah. And I mean, uh, who knows, uh, what Tuchel's going to do in that super cup and players he's going to play. But I think it does because crystal palace might be a, a softer opposition and you know, there's no hardware being given, given out in game week one. Tuchel yeah. might be more inclined to roll out his best 11 in that super cup. So yeah, to- totally annoying, but, uh, just, just looking at the remain remaining fixtures, Game week two, it's Arsenal followed by Liverpool, Villa, Spurs, Manchester City. It's it's a rocky start for Chelsea, to say the least. But then when you get to game week seven, yeah. it truly opens up with uh, a home match hosting Southampton followed by Brentford, Norwich, Newcastle, Burnley. So uh, we've said this about a few teams, Josh, but Chelsea is definitely going to be a wild card consideration team once we get to that point. Um, hopefully we can last till game week seven when these we when these fixtures turn um never been able to before but hey there's always you know it's always a first i mean i think Uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of a blessing how it's working out here with chelsea because like you had said this a few times last season josh where the problem with chelsea is you just can't you don't know how they're going to score goals and who's going to score them we still don't know. I mean, maybe Kai Havertz is the guy based on current 
evidence and Kai Havertz looked exceptional in the Euros for Germany. But the fact that they've got that super cut, uh, super cup before game week one, the fact that the fixtures are so tough, that gives us ample time to assess the squad at the yeah. start of the season without feeling like we're losing an edge in our fantasy squads. I think the only thing, I mean, their defense was so ridiculously good last season that I think you could make an argument for just, for just starting that defense, you know, maybe, maybe you, don't play them away to Liverpool in game week three or something like that. It's not it's not a great start for them. But, I mean, you know, I, I think maybe they are a little borderline fixture-proof. I mean, I guess Ben, ben Chilwell and Azpilicueta would be the two that I would look at at the, in, the, in that six million defender spot just because they do offer a little bit of goal threat as well and assist threat. Assist threat always seems like a wimpy thing to say. Like, <laughs> they offer assist threat, darn it, you know, but yeah. it's like, but it great is valuable. Yeah. yeah, yeah, great XA. But I, you know, I think that is um, that is really valuable. I mean, especially I mean, Chilwell had six assists last season, and um, I, I actually think I'm actually a little surprised this goal. He only had three goals and six assists. I felt like he was threatening even more than that. Yeah, he he went in a, on a real flurry, and I think the problem with Chilwell and a lot of these um, assets all around the pitch is that Tuchel just got in a really good rhythm with rest and rotation, and right. he didn't have to start Chilwell. He didn't have to start uh, Reese James every single match he could he could switch these players around and you look at last season's fantasy results it it tells it it sort of enforces the story of of like what like Chelsea's fantasy team their top points getter was Mason Mount with six goals and seven assists that is you know great player great season Crazy. um but it's just not that impressive as far as um fantasy tallies go and second the second highest point getter for Chelsea last season was Edward Mendy in goal who was a late addition to the team but I mean I I would never wow. consider Mendy at six million um for all the reasons we've already noted but it is yeah. incredible 16 clean sheets for Mendy yeah. and it seems like funny. it was <laughs> It's crazy that the, 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 this is a Champions League winning squad, and you look at a bunch of the, the prices on this team, and none of which are crazy outside of yeah. Mendy, which seems a little high. And I'm just like, no, 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 yeah. no. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. maybe it's because their start is tough. I don't know. I mean, Mason Mount is the one where I'm like, you talk about like readjusting your priors, you know? Like for me, I still in my head have an idea that Mason Mount is not like. Like, it's not that I think he's bad. It's just that I don't think he's awesome or I don't think he's great. Yeah. And I, I mean, it, it, you don't have to like squint your eyes too much to see him as like a 12, you know, I don't know. Let, let's say like a, if he had nine goals and 14 assists this season, would that shock you? No, not at all. Yeah. So, I mean, at that point, if, if you, you know, if we both think that's reasonable, then at 7.5 <laughs> million, that's yeah. pretty good. Like that's yeah. like maybe start the season with him. Good. Yeah. And, and, and he's fairly consistent. It's just, it's like the low ebb, the, the low, the low ceiling for him. That, that is the worry. And I, yeah. just the remarkable thing about this squad last season was all of the fantasy points were coming from the defenders. I mean, Timo Werner, right. Uh, did not achieve if you uh, and Chelsea had this uh, as of this recording, Josh, one preseason friendly against Peterborough. And I'm sorry to say this, uh, Ian Stimson, but it was a six one thrashing of the posh boys. And I think what some people will take away from this is Ziyech actually scored a hat trick in this match. But what what even is Ziyech? If you look at last season's points totals, Ziyech was 15th all the way down 
the list of Chelsea you assets. Like, look at you was going to be KDB for a minute there. Yeah. And then that, that did not happen at all. So we'll see. I mean, at 7.5, it's exactly what you were saying about Mason Mount. And I think I'd believe more that Mason Mount would become that type of KD play, KDB player than I would Ziyech. Um, but Ziyech's season, and he ended up below even Chelsea Loney's Ross Barkley at Aston Villa. Connor Gallagher at West Brom scored yeah. more field <laughs> points than, than Ziyech. So, um, yeah, like lots of in- interesting assets that have the price tags to fit into the discussion, but we just don't really need to have that discussion right now, I think is the bottom line. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. And I, l- let's leave it at that. They're, they're an open question. I think if you started the season with Mount or one of their top defenders, that is not crazy. But I would say just because that start is a, really about as bad as it gets, it's hard to be super enthusiastic. Although starting with one or two in game week one, home to Crystal Palace, and then having a plan to move on uh, is not a bad strategy either, right? If you just want to maximize the one game week in front of you. Yeah. Um, let's move on to the number three team, which is Liverpool. This is probably going to be the shortest of all the teams that we talk about because there's not a lot to say. I mean, you know, you, 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 I think there'll be a little bit of a bounce back here, although we still have them third here. Um, it's been basically a summer off for most of the squad. This is barring, you know, Firmino and, and Robertson. Um, and uh, I guess Allison did go to the Copa America, right? But I don't think he started um, for them. So, um, but, you know, still you have, uh, you know, but yeah, Ederson was different. the starting keeper for Brazil. That's what um, I thought. Yeah. 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 But re- regardless, um, they have a great start to the season and they're rested. It's going to be hard to start the season without three Liverpool transfers. I mean, if I, if I don't have three Leeds players, as I'm starting to talk myself into, it's going to be because I'm, I have my three Liverpool that I need to start because they play at home to Norwich. I mean, they play away to Norwich, home to Burnley. Home to Chelsea, way to Leeds, home to Palace, way to Brentford. I mean, it's it's a fantastic start, absolutely fantastic. Their one their one difficult match is, is at home, and everyone's rested. It's just really hard not to not to want to have three of their players. But the reason this section is going to be pretty short is there's, there's all not a lot new. You've got uh, Konate, who's the new signing, he's a 44 million center back signing. Uh, not much goal threat in his career so far, but he's only 22. And he comes at a 5.5 million enabler price tag, Brandon. And so I, I hard for me to imagine he doesn't, maybe he doesn't start game week one or something like that, but hard for me to imagine him not getting pretty settled in given how much they paid for him. So you'd, you'd expect him and uh, him and Van Dyke to ultimately settle in as the, uh, as the center back pairing. Um, I would expect, I mean, honestly, that, that's kind of just based on how much money they spend mm-hmm. on him. True. Um, Tons of other rumors, but um, it sounds like this is part of the athletic again. Um, this is not this is free promo again, uh, but it's it's a lot of uh, rubbish apparently, and nothing's really firm yet. Uh, Jared Bowen's the latest rumor, and Romo's uh, Lorenzo Pellegrini has also been strongly rumored. Uh, question still: oh, Any relation, Josh, to Emo Pellegrini? That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, the question also is who replaces Gigi Wijnaldum? Uh, that's a TBD. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's let's see what happens there. Um, so you know you run down the team, and you know I'm not going to re- recap Liverpool players that everybody knows and and in many cases love already. But you've got Trent came into form late, looks jacked, mm-hmm. looks like he uh, turned he turned into. Uh, one of the most bulked up players in the, like what's a, what's the wolves? He look like a Dama Traore in some yeah. of the photos that I saw. Yeah. Yeah. He's got those uh, like mortal combat arms now. I mean, I'd like to see his, his punch card from GNC. I bet it's just filled with holes. 
Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. He's got to be masky. He, he, I think he got the cream in the clear, Brandon. So there's going to be a lot of, uh, a lot of masking agents, or all the roids. No, I'm just I'm, I'm a kid, of course. But he uh, he had uh, two goals and eight assists last year, which was a, a big drop from four and 15 this year, the season before. He just had a tough year, and uh, I don't think that's going to last. I don't, I don't think we're looking at a Delhi situation at all, um, and uh, especially because he, he played so well down the stretch. Uh, Rabo, seven million, so a little bit cheaper, reliable. Um, did play some heavy minutes for Scotland. Of course, Scotland didn't go that far in the tournament, so he should be okay. Um, basically, Klopp never rests Rabo. Rabo is like the most reliable starter mm-hmm. in that team. I think it's. I honestly think it's totally reasonable to go for Rabo over Trent. I for, and save that point five million. Uh, you, there's an argument for both. Actually, in my in my bus team right now, I have Rabo and Trent, although I don't uh-huh. think it's going to last. Uh-huh. Um, Van Dyke at six point five million is back in training, but it's not clear if he starts the season. It was cool to see him walk out in the pitch. There's an Instagram video that Liverpool showed where you saw him coming back out there, and it's like, okay, good. I'm like at least he's going to be back. I mean, it's so heartbreaking. He's such a great. I, I love an informed Van Dyke. Like he yeah. is so fun just like a total demolition the, the word imperious was made for him yeah yeah that's right exactly yeah um and the injury turned into the word cumbersome brandon which is uh <laughs> a, a great, great seven mary into, it's a great seven mary three song just became a great way to think about virgil van dyke <laughs> exactly you've got uh the midfield um three players talk about sala mane jota Salah, 12.5 million, 22, 22 goals, six assists, the rock of everyone's fantasy team, the starter in practically, I mean, I mean the captain at practically everyone's fantasy team in game week one. It's hard to go against him. Uh, last year, some some people did not captain Salah when they played their opening match against a promoted team, and they really paid the price. So I suspect he's going to be very heavily captained. Uh, then you got Sadio Mane at 12 million, just a a touch cheaper um and he's got 11 goals 11 assists he looks in shape in preseason like i saw some photos and he looked great um and so maybe he can bounce back to that 18 goal level performance the year before and then you've got jota who i think is the big question mark and you know he had his moments uh he rotated with firmino although um i think there's a good chance he at least starts the season just because firmino did play longer with the uh with the cup america um and so, yeah, nine goals last season. He had a ma- major knee injury, too, so he probably would have been even higher if he played more. Um, great value of his regular starter. Probably worth playing, if he, even if he isn't uh, having your team. Uh, looked good for Portugal, too. So it's, that's why, like, Mason Mount, you can kind of talk yourself into it, but then you're like, well, Jota's the same price, and mm-hmm. he's got a wonderful opening fixtures, and so it's kind of hard not to go for him instead. Um, and then uh, you got Firmino, $9 million, like he always is. Yeah. Uh, nine goals and eight assists, and just save yourself the misery. Don't even consider him because you know he's he's a wonderful player i love to watch him play i love the way he he links up everything and he's so selfless and all that stuff but from a fantasy perspective i don't find him to be great value so to me sala jota one defender that feels i know that's like very much what everyone's thinking but they're thinking that because it's it just it's like the smart way to do it i think yeah yeah i agree and if you're a liverpool fan you are not going to be happy with who we have in in second place and you've probably already guessed but it's it's Manchester United, and uh, you you just take a look at the the start of the season here. They they host Leeds in game week one, followed by Southampton, Wolves, Newcastle, West Ham, Aston Villa. It's, it's a pretty accommodating start of Good. the season. Yeah. And what I would say here too is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is basically the complete opposite of what fantasy managers loathe about Pep Guardiola is that. Solskjaer has been insanely predictable and steady in terms of his lineups and and 
clear in his press conferences of when people are mm-hmm. injured or gonna um, gonna need a rest. So this is just gold, a gold mine for fantasy. Uh, in the preseason, we haven't learned too much. There was a 2-1 win over Darby County in which Mason Greenwood did start up front. So we can talk a little bit more about Greenwood if you want, Josh, if, if you want. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm kind of excited about Greenwood, but I, you know, I, I don't know. It's like it's going to be hard to pick. I mean, I, I you know, I, I feel like I've had seasons where I like I, I don't even know how to fill out my team. And this year I'm like. I could easily, there's like 30 players for 15 spots. I mean, I feel like there's just a ton of players that I really like going into the season that I just won't be able to fit in because I just, I'm, even more than I'm going to run out of money, I'm just going to run out of slots for them, you know? Yeah. The big news here is obviously the the signing of Jaden Sancho and FPL confirming that Sancho's price is 9.5. So when you're talking about Liverpool, Josh, I'm thinking, and I'm with you, that this could be a great bounce back season for Sadio Mane in terms of just earning that 12 million FPL price tag. However, Manchester United stands in the way of that happening a because of Bruno at 12 million. And I just see no way around him and Jaden Sancho. And I am choosing to be optimistic. This is one of my goals this season. I'm choosing to be very optimistic about Sancho's chances in the premier league. I mean, he's a young, much touted player. As we all know, he's coming from the Bundesliga in Dortmund. Last season, he registered eight goals and 12 assists in 26 starts for Dortmund. And I, I, his, he, his skill will be carrying the ball through the attack. And I think um, apart from Bruno, they haven't had a lot of ball movers. They've just had a lot of runners. And I think it's going right. to be really exciting to see what Sancho does here. And, and that price tag fits nicely into... For whatever reason, I have Kai Havertz in my Game Week 1 squad right now. And it's mostly because that's how I'm looking to structure my midfield, is I want Bruno and Sala at the high end of the premium tier. And then I just don't want to then end up with two 6.5, 5.5 guys filling out my other two of a four Mm -hmm. in the midfield. So then enters the Jaden Sancho of 9.5, Kai Havertz 8.5. So I think... I I I have no issues. I would actually look forward to starting the season with Sancho in my FPL team because I do think uh, he's fit. You know, he he had enough playing time in the Euros that uh, he's he's not completely cold as ice. Um, right. But he he honestly barely played, so he's just yeah. going to be ready uh, to jump uh, in in that game week one fixture. So. Sancho is like very much on my short list for for game week one starters. And and I'm up while I wouldn't be so bold as to predict, you know, what his season is going to look like. I'm just feeling a little optimistic. So Sancho for you, Josh, is this a mm, I I need to see more how he actually fits into the league before you're convinced? Well, you know, after the uh, situation with Werner last season, I kind of told myself I wasn't going to jump on a big new signing. Um you know, into the league because it's just, you, you, there's usually an adjustment period. I mean, you know, Mo Salah, I suppose, didn't do that. Although Mo Salah did nothing his first time in the Premier League when he played for Chelsea, right? So, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, you know, it could take a little little while. You know, every situation is different, obviously. But I, I, I you know, so I, I don't think that, it's not like Sancho, like, doesn't know what the Premier League is or what, you know, it's not like <laughs> right. he's, like, coming in, like, completely cold here. But um, I, I the, the big thing for me is I would want to see him, like join training like tomorrow, 
You know, like if he's like in training like this weekend or Monday or whatever, um, and and has a couple of weeks with the squad before they play, you know, yeah. plays in some of the preseason matches, for example. Um, okay, then maybe I'll, you know, um, maybe I'll consider him. But otherwise, it just feels like he could be brought in a little slowly. I could see a couple early substitute appearances, right? As they just kind yeah. of work him with the team. And that would be annoying for me is if I went, you know, if I went for Sancho over someone like Bruno and Bruno is just starting and playing 90 minutes and racking up, you know, goals and assists and Jane Sancho is sort of getting slowly introduced to the Man United side. Right. I would feel like I kind of got a little suckered. And so that, that I guess is my concern. Maybe. Yeah, possibly. Uh, it, it reminds me of Sergio Aguero coming to Manchester City and, and you're like, mm, OK, they they his first appearance for City, they subbed him on what, like in like the 65th minute and he comes on and scores a scores a brace and gets an assist or something like that. Right. So right. Um, but I, I mentioned Bruno last season. He was the top mid in the FPL game, 18 goals, 14 assists, 36 bonus points so this this is if if you want to dance around bruno uh the deal is if he scores if he gets an assist or a goal he's walking away with three bonus and it's usually the bonus that kill you if you if you don't have bruno so i it i i choose to look at bruno fernandez as not you've got to have him out of fear it's you've got to have him because you want him you want this guy he's one of the greatest fantasy assets that we've had in the last five years totally this is this is where people get really caught up in this i mean if you're you're listening to this and you're not heavily involved in these communities then I, i i try not to get too caught up in like lingo you know like differential or template or just like, you know, stuff that like that we get very used to saying, but like actually alienates a lot of people who don't pay. But like, there's like the word template gets thrown around a lot where you're like, well, I don't want to have the template. I don't want to have the players that everybody else has in their team that you see all over the place. And you know, to that, I'll say two things. One, um, don't look at everybody else's team as much as possible because it's going to only like, like it, it will infect you like a virus and it will, it will make you kind of forget like, you, I feel like you lose a lot of ownership of your own team if you do that too much. Uh, as, as you were just talking about when you did our Patreon podcast yesterday, Brian, that you can kind of, you end up seeding your team to other people a little yeah. too much. Uh, and it just becomes less fun that way. Uh, but two, I think you can have these huge premium players who are really good who, who score all the time. And, and, and like, it'll just be good because you'll enjoy having them because you will have them in your team. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and when those goals come, you, they will be part of, they, they will help your rank. I guarantee it. These guys <laughs> are not going to be hundred percent owned yeah. going into the season. Um, and so, uh, and there, there'll just be plenty of other spots. Like be creative with the, in the, with your other midfielders, be creative at the, you know, you're talking about Kai Hobbert. like Hobbert isn't anywhere close to my fantasy lineups right now. Like there's gonna be plenty of spots where we're going to be different. You know, the forward lines, like I, I'm like an Ian Acho. I don't feel like I've seen him talked about very much at all, you know? And so it's like, I think there's, I mean, not, not at all, but like, just like not, he's not like a, like a common team that you're seeing in these squads. So um, I think there's a lot of room for, uh, for creativity. And I don't know that these like premium spots are where I see, um, where I see that, that like being the spot where you want to be creative. I mean, Harry Kane is the one person who mixes it up a little bit because if you have Fernandez and Kane and Salah, you're talking about basically like 40% of your budget tied up in three players, which I, I'm not sure that's tenable. You know, I'm not sure that works. Yeah. And another thing in favor of Bruno, if you need more convincing is, and if we see Sancho get regular minutes right away because he's a ball carrier, because he likes to take on defenders, I could see a lot of penalties coming to this side and and bruno is a baller when it comes to penalties and they are going to be short uh of wingers probably if 
Marcus Rashford, who was the second highest FPL points getter for United last season, if he elects to actually have this soldier shoulder, if he elects to have the shoulder surgery that that uh, he needs, it could sideline him for two months. I mean, I guess the the latest stories is he's, he's still contemplating whether he's going to have it or not. If I had to predict, I'd say this is probably as good a time as any for Rashford to just yeah. um, step step away from the the pitch and just let the media like cool it uh, with him for a while. And, and that's United, a good point. We, yeah, we've, he, just get, he, he would just get out of the spotlight for two months. Like yeah. that feels useful. Yeah. And I mean, it's helpful to have him in the spotlight because he does remarkable things and, and says great things, but United, I feel like with the Sancho signing with a relatively healthy squad, they will be able to cover Rashford for, for two months, and then um, he will get back on board with this second-place finish campaign, Josh, when he's when he's ready. If you look at last season's results for uh, Fantasy United, the rest of these top players were all defenders. Juan Bissaka was the third-highest points getter, two goals, five assists. A sneakily good attacking season for Mr. AWB. Followed by Harry Maguire, both of these guys at 5.5. And then Luke Shaw, Luke Shaw, who um, really broke out during the Euros and had a wonderful season for Manchester United. And the thing you would say about Shaw as a fantasy manager is like, hey, this dude takes some set pieces and he's on corner kicks, which results in, yes, he had 22 bonus points. So for Luke, Luke Shaw's attacking returns, pretty much in line with what Maguire and Juan Bissaka had. But Shaw yeah. is the guy who gets the bonus points. And he had 22 yeah. bonus versus Maguire's eight and AWB's 11. So if you've got to choose from any of these 5.5 guys, I do think Luke Shaw is the one I'd go for, for sure. Yeah, I think he's a little overrated, to be honest. But, uh, you know, I know he had a good summer in England and that, that always boosts your, boosts your profile. And I think that's why he's like the most owned player in the game right now, because people just are so happy that he scored that goal in the, in the <laughs> European final. Yeah, uh, He's always been a like a, a, a good t- but not great fantasy asset. And that hasn't changed my opinion. 5.5 million is a, a, a fair price. But I, I have to admit, I, I mean, I had Luke Shaw the last 10 weeks of the season and it was misery. Uh, I did not get any joy out of having Luke Shaw on my team. And um, and now I feel like with Sancho there, he's going to have even fewer. You, you, like you tell me four weeks into the season, if Sancho hasn't scored his first goal, he's not taking every set piece. Like he's gonna be, he and Bruno are going to be fighting over everything. Um, so I don't know. I don't know that Shaw is going to have as many, you know, set piece opportunities, but We'll yeah, see. we'll see. We shall see. Um, and I, th- I think like always the knock on this this current Manchester United defense is that they're they're liable to leak a goal at any moment. 13 clean sheets uh, for them last season. A team was looking to, you know, win the league. We'd, we'd like to see a little bit more from them. Uh, we already talked about Greenwood at 7.5. He had 21 starts last season. Yeah, definitely in that conversation of of mid to higher, higher, not really mid-tier uh, striker assets. Last thing I want to mention, Josh, is Dean Henderson. seems like we have pretty solid confirmation uh, that, that he is confirmed to start as number one keeper this season. What, is that, what does that really mean? Well, that means that Manchester United have a defensive asset in goal who is 0.5 cheaper than AWB, Maguire, and Shaw. So if it turns out that United actually become a defensive juggernaut, which they could be, then this could be the cheapest, most impactful way to get into those points is, is Dean Henderson. So keep an eye on him. Pogba sounds like he's almost like 100% out this summer. He didn't extend his 
contract. He turned down this insane 35,000, 350,000 pounds a week deal. So he's, he's like probably out of the Premier League altogether. My last, my parting question to you, Josh, is Edison Cavani? Nah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Not nah. interested. <laughs> too expensive. Doesn't start all the time. I think Greenwood can end up starting in his place too as a forward. Yeah. Like classic risk there. Classic two old fat man situation. All right, take us home, Josh, with the number one team. Manchester City. I know it's boring, but at least we got there the slow way, Brandon. You know, uh, it, maybe not too much drama there, but I, I just think they've, you know, could be a period of transition with Aguero leaving, but they just have so many great players. It doesn't really matter. I, I just really feel confident in in their in their squad depth. And um, and I, I think we, you know, I mean, the, the big news, of course, is that they have many transfers, but the two that they're looking at would be game changing, massive transfers, right? If they get Grealish and Kane across the line, which they want to get both. Apparently it sounds like I suspect at least one of those deals would across the line and that is going to be huge. Yeah. So, um, you know, but outside of those two, it's been pretty quiet otherwise. So again, it's a little bit like Liverpool. There's not too much to say that you don't already know, but, uh, just to quickly run through, um, the defenders, you've got Diaz, uh, who's, you know, one goal, one assist, 18 clean sheets, 18 clean sheets, um, at a great 6 million price. Like give me, give me the 0.5, give me, give me Diaz at 0.5 more over Shaw, for example. That's mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm into, I'm into Diaz. Cancelo, uh, you know, fairly priced, but, um, I just, he just comes with a little too much risk given how he can move around in different spots and you never know if he's going to start. I mean, I just this season, I don't want to do the game again where I have to go into every game week. This is like part of the problem with Tuchel too, is I don't want to go to every game week, like running to the clean sheet, like running to the team sheet to see if uh, my players actually started, you know, yeah. just, I don't I hate that stress. Um, Stones, Laporte, Walkers, and Chenko, Mendy. It's a 5.5 million shooters choice. Like, I don't know, <laughs> maybe one of them, I guess. I mean, Stones and Laporte like rotated the entire season near the, down the stretch. So I don't know how you could really choose one or the other no. Walker, you know, I mean, his price is decent this year, but again, like I, I can sell, he's under threat from Cancelo. Uh, as a Zinchenko from Kinsella, because you know Kinsella can play anywhere, you know, and so it, and then Mendy, like who knows? I mean, he's probably gonna end up moving, I, I would think. Um, and then the midfielders, um, KDB, I think he's inexplicably priced at twelve million. I think that's way too high um, for uh, a six goal after a six goal, twelve assist campaign. How did he jump year over year to twelve million? Yeah, that's, that's no one sense. of those player prices where you just you want to shake FPL by the shoulders and just like this is, let us have fun. Let us actually have Kevin De Bruyne yeah. in our yeah. team. And at that price, we can't. Totally. At tw- <laughs> no, if it was 9.5 million, I'd be all over him. But, you know, maybe even 10.5. But 12 is just way too high. I mean, it's Sterling the same thing. 11 million after a 10-goal, 9-assist season. Um, he had a good summer, but... You know, you know, he halved his goal return from the season before. He had 20 yeah. goals the year before. He, can't, he had 10. He didn't look good all season. You know, he played a ton of minutes, too. Um, so, I don't know. It just it didn't feel like he was at his sharpest. But, again, he played great in England. I suspect that will boost boost him a little bit this season. But at 11000000 million, I'm certainly not going to start with him. Um, Gundo, interesting case, right? I mean, $7.5 million, a totally fair price. Yeah. Uh, 13 goals, 4 assists. Uh, but the jury is still out, in my opinion, about whether he's still worth it when KDB is healthy. Yeah. Um, and then Foden is Foden is the one who probably should be getting talked about more. He's probably a little undervalued. Only eight million, totally fair price. Nine goals, eight assists, eight million tr- price points. A little tricky, just because we've. I feel like we spent the whole pod talking about good value, seven point five million players. But I mean, you know, 
I don't know. Like, I mean, Man City, again, like the Spurs away, not great. And some people see game week one and they don't get excited. But Norwich, Arsenal, Leicester, Southampton and game weeks two, three, five and three out of four of those are at home. I do not want to not have a Man City player for those four, <laughs> those four matches. Like you talk about you have um, Hobbits in your team. I mean, I, 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 to me, it'd be tempting to just drop Hobbits to Foden and save point five million. Like I, I, you know, it seems like there's that. That's a that's a possibility. So, um, and then you've got Ferran Torres, who you know started for Spain most matches um, this summer in Europe. Uh, Seven million, so cheap. Uh, seven goals, four assists, could be a good value, especially if he plays as a forward. Like if Kane doesn't move over, I think you could definitely see um, Torres starting in that forward spot. I mean, assuming that Pep even plays with forwards anymore. Like, you know, I, I don't even know if he wants to it's hard to say i mean his one forward is gabriel jesus 8.5 million so good price uh but he played more of a firmino <laughs> playmaking role yeah i mean 8.5 is good right for the starting yeah, i love it it's City, like but, good price yeah. so what um i i have this question yeah, about this team totally, i mean totally. i they they're they're the best squad in the league the one thing that stands in their way i'm not saying this is going to happen but it could is a player mm-hmm. revolt of sorts because they they worked their asses off last season to get to that Champions League final only to have Pep Guardiola yeah. shoot them all in the foot with his insane lineup and, and, and tactics. And yeah. I don't, and, yeah. and a lot of these players have been with Pep for a few seasons now, and that's been the goal win that European trophy. Uh, I, I I wonder if they have it in them to to follow Pep so closely this season. So we'll we'll see. Yeah, you mean you mean so when they when Pep left a hole in the defensive midfield that led to the only goal of the game that was um, uh, that was a problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, it was a you know. And I guess you have Mares too at nine million. I, I don't play the Mares game. I know some people like to play the Mares game where they. They bring him in and then like suffer week in and week out and hope mm-hmm. he starts. And, um, I, you know, nine million is a totally fair price. He's a very good player. He gets he, he averages out very good returns over the course of a season. Uh, but I just don't like the stress of having Mars. I would much rather have Foden at one million cheaper. So um, that's where we are uh, with with Man City. And, you know, there's a lot. I mean, the thing about Man City, I know we're not spending that much time on that, but we're going to be talking about them all year. Like yeah. there's going to be lots of stuff that happens once the Kane stuff happens, once the Grealish, if that happens, we'll be talking about that a lot. So let's no more let's, Brock let's, tune, let's Josh. End. No more Brock tune. Very sad. Very sad. <laughs> Aguero. We, we, I love Aguero. I love watching him play. I ro- I'm rooting for him, yeah. um, you know, uh, and I hope I hope, you know, he has a great time at at Barcelona. But yeah, let's leave, let's leave a Man City there for now. Thank you for everyone for getting this. this I think this actually may, is going to come in, Brian. It's the longest podcast we've ever done. I don't know how that happened exactly, <laughs> but there you go. Only 10 teams, too. We broke it up. but We were in the uh, pocket, Josh. Totally in the pocket, in the zone. Yeah. Yeah. So if you, if you listen to this podcast and you enjoyed it and you want to say thank you or you want more content or you want to join extra mini leagues. We've got a million of them on the Slack right now, person like private um, and, and public and like things that we've done and then things other people have just kind of taken and, and invited people in, in our, in our Slack to go to patreon.com slash always cheating uh, to sign up, support the pod, get access to bonus pods, all that stuff that we talked about at the start of the pod. And Brendan, do you want to thank our producer patrons? Oh yes. I'd love to uh, thank you to producers, Mike DePietro, Trevor Ingerson, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Martin Savage, Brian T to big gaffer, Bob Kuhn, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Dave Wegner-Lodal, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Travis West, Victor Forberg-Skogang, Paul Herzig, Kaya Christine LeLang, Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Lindsey Rostel, Anton Markov, at FPL Merch, Kerry Swanson, 
Kieran Screeton, Francis Mann, Chris Carter, Bluno Stu, Mikey Uwong, Bruce Kerr, Nicholas Vernadakis, Sam Shower, Will Husby, Rich Evans, Future Media Group, FPL, Ben Sweeney, George Kinney, Shiv Morjaria, Ram Frosk, AJ, Producer Matt, Jeremy Spiker. I, I, am I saying Spike? Is this Spiker right, Josh? We, I Jeremy, think so. get I back think to so. me on that one. Yeah. Uh, Lazaros Yanoas. Uh, that's hashtag Greek FPL and also producers Jesse Halstead and Matthew Becker. Hey, if Patreon ain't your bag, you can help us and say thanks just by rating, reviewing, and subscribing to Always Cheating wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us wherever you get your social media. We're most active on Twitter at Hail Cheaters. And if you have a lengthy something you've got to get off your chest, uh, a proposal, Josh, a marriage proposal, that's what I'm sure. saying. You can email us, hailcheaters at gmail.com. For all this information, including that always cheating Super League code, you can visit alwayscheating.com. For all the people that have pens and paper at the ready, Josh, I know you know the league code right off the top of your head. Yeah, what is it? Two BNN for you. That's, yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. Two BNF for you. I got it. Uh, yeah. Two BNF for you. So, yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, hail cheaters. Thank you. Uh, thank you to all our, our, you know, thank you everybody who got this far through the podcast. Very impressive. <laughs> yeah, been impressive <laughs> indeed. Poku forever. Bye. Bye.